everybody. It's me, Bart Fartham, coming to you from a shed on the grounds of the International Music Compass just miles from the Canada-USA border. This is The Junk Pile. Hey, creative writers, this is Junk. Thank you very much, Bart, for the introduction. This is the Junk Pile. This is the first installment of this new program that I'm going to do. This is a prologue to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, because let's face it, the show will be four hours long. We need a pre-show where we cover news, topics, some interviews, things like that, that we just don't get into anymore on the regular show. Uh, So this may happen once uh, or twice a month. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a weekly thing. But regardless, uh, this is where we're going to cover some of the new topics, some of the events coming up, and other things that we'd like to promote. So with that being said, let's get into this inaugural edition of The Junk Pile. This week on The Junk Pile, I have an interview. I want to talk about what it takes to get out there and get your buns in the seat of a real live race bike. Also, coming up later in the show, we'll talk about some upcoming events and some new technology. Right now, I'd like to introduce somebody, or rather, I'd like to let somebody introduce themselves. We got a chance to head out to Paris Flat Track for the second round of the 2019 season opener and uh, get a chance to talk with somebody about their experiences becoming an honest-to-God flat track racer in an actual series. Let's get into this interview and find out who we're working with. Hey, my name is Matt. This is Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. You might have heard my bumper on the show a couple of times. Uh, out here tonight racing my uh, my sweet little machine that I uh, I picked up from a junkyard somewhere. You know, gave some guy five bucks and uh, and, and wheeled it home and uh, polished it with uh, with the dirty rag. So out here racing tonight at Paris. Uh, been doing this a year, and uh, it's all junkie's fault because I sent him an email, and he actually answered with a real answer. And next thing you know, I'm laying over some uh, tax return money to uh, to a guy in the Redlands for this bike here oddly enough that was the only real answer i've ever given to an email and uh yeah i this thing looks like it costs about five bucks but you have turned it into something that looks like it's at least worth 50 60 bucks and uh i'm digging it there's a lot of um you know a lot of parable bikes out here and i'm super glad that you just you did it you you did what i did you just went and got a bike and and started doing it you didn't go i need to take a class i need to do this and that you kind of went out and did it first now you're getting into all the classes and stuff how have you made it a career yet have you have you gone like a full season racing yet Full season might be a stretch. I mean, this is my fourth race uh, since starting actual racing. So, I've, uh, so far, I've made every race in the 2019 Paris SCFTA uh, season. So, uh, yeah, getting a, getting a winning streak here. Um, you know, uh, one of these days the money will come in. I think, uh, you know, I'm living right now off a little bit of Navy money. And then uh, what I usually live off is all that blog money that I get. You know, all that, I think I'm up to about nine cents on my Google AdSense now. So, any 
any day now, I think it's going to roll in and I'll be able to just uh, sit back and do this full time, you know, maybe even teach the young ones how to do it. <laughs> That's about four cents more than I've made off our Zazzle merchandise and the creative writing blog. Yeah, I mean, it's getting into this stuff. It obviously is a labor of love. It's a, you know, rate the good way to make a fortune is in racing is start out with a rather large, maybe two fortunes and you'll quickly whittle yourself down to one, maybe half. And uh, talking about my motorbike obsessions, that's another thing. Uh, obviously, we've, we've mentioned you on the show. We, you're coming to us from Japan. I don't know how you're doing that right now, but it's pretty awesome. But uh, your bumper, you know, you talk about your blog, and I've, I love reading your blog. Um, and I noticed that you had posted a couple things. You 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 went to a, a super camp this week, Danny Walker, uh, Dirty Walker, Danny Walker. Uh, that was like on the, I don't even know where that was. Was that on the Marine Corps base? It was, yeah. It was on the base. Uh, the Marine Corps is really good about paying for uh, high-level training for the Marines. Uh, they're a little bit better at it than the Navy, so I really appreciate them letting this Navy guy uh, go go play with them in the mud, as it turned out to be. But, yeah, the Marine Corps pays for a lot of high-level training. Uh, Danny Walker's one that comes out. He really likes doing it for us, um, and he doesn't ease up on us at all. He, uh, he really gives it to us. Um, it was uh, yesterday and Thursday at the Marine Corps base. Uh, he set up a couple of tracks and uh, just let us go get dirty. Uh, we got to b- borrow all of their gear and all their bikes, little TTR 125s, some street tires on the back, a uh, whole lot of fun. Had uh, Josh Hayes out there, Jake Gagne, Cam Peterson, his dad Robbie Peterson, and uh, another guy named AJ is a sprint car racer, all just, you know, uh, telling us telling us how to do it, really getting to some good uh, good information. It was, it was a lot of fun out there. Did you learn anything? Did you do you feel different today than you did yesterday? Like, did you actually gain some skills that you're gonna put to use here tonight out there on the track? Oh, I already have. Yeah, I've already. I've, I've got Danny's voice yelling at my head, man. Don't <laughs> don't be a sissy. That was one of his favorite. Don't be a sissy. Yeah. Get off that brake. Get off that throttle. Get on that brake now. I mean, just he's out there just, you know, giving us everything he's got, uh, making us better. No, I did. I learned a lot. Uh, the biggest thing I learned, and, and it's hard to teach, I guess, is just being comfortable on the bike, uh, especially when you got other people coming around you and the traction is, is kind of going away. Uh, some of the drills they did with us are just to make you comfortable on the bike. I never thought I'd be doing flat track going right one-handed, and that's one of the things we got to do. And by the second day, I was really comfortable with it and actually uh, and having fun with it, you know, turning right, turning left, one-handed. Uh, didn't quite get to no-handed, but maybe that's, you know, day three of Super Camp, the secret day three. <laughs> yeah, no-handed, uh, handstands, all that great stuff. I've, I've gotten no-handed before, right before I went all the way onto the ground. It was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I've been to it. I haven't taken the class, but I've been to a Danny Walker. You know, I got to watch them do a session, and they didn't yell at people like that. I think it's just because they were on a, on a base. They thought they had full <laughs> opportunity to yell at people like that. No, he had he had sticks. He had at one time he had a shovel. He was yelling at people. He was bumping people in the butt with the shovel. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. So so maybe maybe I got the I got the extra special version of Danny Walker out there. But uh, man, you cannot beat you cannot beat uh, taking a class with him. Um, he he, it's no BS. Uh, he comes at you straight. He tells you what you're doing wrong. He gets you better, and you have a blast doing it. I'm glad I got to do it. Um, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to the taxpayers out there, I got to do it for free. So you can't beat that. Um, but I mean, it is well worth the money that that you pay for it because they do put it all out there for you. Not only did we get Matt into a healthy dose of flat tracking and getting out there and join an actual series, we're going to find out just how deep his motorbike obsession runs. How long have you been riding and, and what did you start out on? 
Uh, I started when I was about 10 years old back in Arizona, a little 100cc two-stroke. Uh, I was uh, me and my little brother and, and my dad, just three dudes living alone out in Arizona. And my dad uh, ended up getting uh, that one little 100. And we all three went out to the desert and we shared it. And I think after five, the first guy was riding it for five minutes. My dad looked and said, no, nope, we're getting two more. <laughs> and then that was kind of the downhill. So I rode, rode that uh, all up and through high school, then basically kind of stopped riding for a little while. Uh, ended up joining the Navy, started street riding again. Um, just for a little bit, I was not very good. I bought a real piece of junk bike um, from from some dude somewhere. Paid paid seven hundred ninety nine dollars more than I should have out of an eight hundred dollar bike. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it was about six years ago. I, um, I I really got back into riding the street, and then from there it was really just downhill. It was about a year after that I went to see a race at uh, a Ventura when they were still doing the flat track races at Ventura and uh, came home and, and kind of looked at my wife and I also had a buddy across the street who was also into motorcycles and said, hey, let's go racing. So uh, put together like a three-year plan to actually start racing. I was going to do uh, CVMA out at Chuckwalla, but that got real that got real expensive real quick. Um, you know, just trying to do a track day out at a track like that, just real quick, real money was flowing out way faster than it was coming in. And then, uh, then you know, I started listening to this this one podcast. I don't know, some random thing I found on the internet, you know. And uh, I wrote in, they wrote these guys an email, and, and you know, next thing you know, now I'm out here, um, still spent a lot of money, but probably about half as fast as I would if I was trying to race out at Chuckwalla. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll actually line up on a grid, on a, on a big asphalt track like that. Um, but yeah, it's been about six years that I've been back on bikes. Uh, this is my this is like my, I think my seventh bike um, now. Um, you know, my, my fifth one in in the six years here. So uh, you know, you got you got you got to swap seats every now and then. Yeah. You know. And speaking of the uh, meeting a random guy, you're closing your eyes. I told you I was ugly. You know, nobody believes it till they see me in person. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty hideous, and I hope I don't make you crash out there later. I hope you, I haven't damaged your vision. Now, this may sound funny, but I actually did uh, make Matt crash later. He he went out, and uh, somebody actually went down in front of him, and there was a little incident. But he got up unscathed, finished that night off, and now we're going to talk to him about being a better rider. What has dirt done for him? And a few more other things. Do you think riding dirt... I don't know if you've made it back out to a track, but do you think everyone says dirt riders are better track riders? Do you think that some of the skills you've been taking away here are going to help when you get back onto road bike? Oh, definitely. Everything I, everything uh, that I'm doing now with this flat track, you know, when, when you have 50% of the brakes, or not even 50%, you know, maybe 25 since it's only the rear, 25% of the brakes and half the traction, uh, every time I get back out on my FZ1, I feel so much more comfortable with that bike. I mean, the bike is, uh, that bike's 550 pounds, maybe pushing 120 horsepower at the rear wheel. So uh, just being comfortable on it, feeling like I'm not going to let the bike man handle me, that I'm going to be able to kind of handle the bike is what the flat track has been doing for me. And yeah, that day, uh, me and me and Wiggins and, uh, and another Navy buddy of mine, we all ended up at the at Willow Springs for one of the Ramming Speed Racing events. Awesome events. I wish I could go back. My buddy's trying to drag me back, but uh, I'm just running out of cash. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, you can't, can't beat that event for a fun event. Uh, and you can't beat uh, Willow for going fast on a big bike. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, coming in 100 miles over the for the front straight for the first time was uh, was something to behold for myself. There. Yeah. 
there's actually the last time I went, flat trackers out there on the track just doing sighting laps and stuff like that, maybe trying to see what the top speed is. Who knows what they're doing? But it's awesome just to see uh, what what type of skills, how you feel on a on a dirt bike on on um, pavement versus on the dirt, and vice versa when you take a street bike. You know, and like you're saying, you learn the skills so the bike's not manhandling you by totally throwing something around. Going right now and one-handed, it sounds like you might be eligible for the creative ride of creative riding stunt riders tt that's going to be coming up later this year so i'm pretty stoked you just got to do some uh, knack knacks do some old school tricks uh while you're going through the turns there you'll be set and i i know that there's like they hold tts here once in a while hell on wheels uh holds them you should uh, you should bring this thing out and try to rip a tt man yeah you know one of these days i want to get out and do a couple of more of these extra events the hell on wheels events look so good uh i i really wanted to try their last one they did up at Glen helen on the truck track uh, that one, that one looks just awesome right there. Especially, I, I think this little bike. Maybe throw the front brake on there just so I can slow down a little bit coming into some of those turns. But uh, that looks like a fun one, yeah. especially because of the uh, the Arizona, the AFT Arizona event coming up is going to be on a trophy track down in Phoenix. So it'd be kind of cool to kind of cool to pretend that I'm an AFT guy for a little <laughs> bit for five seconds, yeah. you know, until I get passed by some dude on a on something like 1930s with no suspension and friction shocks in the front or something. You know? I'm going to be over here pretty soon. He's going to get back out on track. We're going to be rooting for him, and I'm going to be taking some picks. Do you have any um, any words of advice for anybody, like, uh, you know, about getting into this or even road racing or even motorbiking in general? I know you come from a safety-based background, being with the, the Navy and, and how, you know, conscious they are about it. Any advice to anybody who wants to get into motorcycling, uh, aside from read my motorbike obsessions every day? Well, get you know, first thing you do is get out there, uh, you know, ask around, find some friends. Um, you know, you'll you'll find a lot of uh, jack wagons out there giving you all kinds of dumb advice. But you know, if you keep asking, you'll find somebody who is really into it, and they'll give you they'll give you everything you really need to get started. Listen to them. Uh, get the safety gear. Um, you know, don't do it for style. Y- you don't look you can't see yourself when you're riding the bike you know so and don't worry about what other people so get the gear uh get get really good gear and then the last thing i say is just get get some training even the brc um you know yeah some people might say it's kind of lame because you know by the time you're done you're you're qualified to go 10 miles an hour in a parking lot but you know it, it does give you it does give you some extra it does give you a leg up and then just get out there and ride. Seat time is, is the best way to, to get more. Uh, start with a small radius around your house and just kind of get comfortable and, and, and expand that radius, and, and you'll be fine. That's all I can really say. Oh, and of course, you know, let's uh, read my motorbike sessions. It's you know, it's the it's the number one flat track, fat amateur Navy sailor related blog on the internet. I'm pretty sure if they had that ranking. Um, so, and then you know, listen to the podcast because uh, you know there's some gems that come out of these guys' mouths when they uh, when they get behind the mics. And once in a while, there are a gem or two that pops out of the the mouth space of me and all the other crew here at uh, Creative Writing. Listen, this episode of The Junk Pile, I want to make sure Bart Fartham up there in North Dakota knows if you have a motorcycle and you're in North Dakota, do me a hot favor. I want to impress Austin from Twisted Road. He was just on our show a couple weeks ago. We were talking about North Dakota being the only state so far that doesn't have a Twisted Road member. I want you, if you know somebody in North Dakota or if you're listening to this and you live in North Dakota, 
I will talk the whole next episode or get in touch with me. Um, and then the next episode that airs, I'll try to do my best North Dakota accent the whole time. If, uh, somebody from up there, um, put the list of bike on twistedroad.com. And I just want to impress on Austin, the fact that people are listening to us and they're helping him out and you know, who knows, maybe we can get some cool, uh, giveaways or prizes or feedback for you guys, you know, something, uh, awesome for you guys for supporting the show and for supporting Austin over at Twisted Road. If you are going to be in the Bay Area of California, May 4th, check this out. Uh, the Quail Gathering is going to be going on. And if you want to check the show notes for this show, there will be a link there. There's also a link on our blog at creative-writing.com. And if you're going to be down here in the Los Angeles area or the SoCal area, check out The Californian. It is basically like The Quail South. And that's put on by our good friend Brady Walker, who will be coming up on Creative Writing in a few moments. And uh, I have links for both, tickets for both, and I'll put links to both ticket uh, places in the show notes. But you can always check out everything on the blog, creative-writing.com. Uh, we'll try to update it every once in a while. One thing I did want to say is that we've had a lot of shows coming up. There are a lot of shows coming up. And if you have a show or an event in your area and you'd like to contribute or you have a good show idea, email us at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your idea. Give me your name. Shoot me some info and I'll get back to you and we can collaborate somehow, get uh, get the event covered. Or if you have an upcoming event that you want to promote, you, you know where to reach us. You can do that or you can call us at 740-563-2858. Wait a little bit for the message to happen. Leave your message. I'll get right back to you. And uh, if you are going to be a, a racing or attending any racing event, please let us know. We'd love to give you a shout out and get some people there to cheer for you. And with that being said, tonight at Lucky Wheels, uh, just a few hours away, actually, Lyndon Poskett, the Dakar specialist, uh, is going to be giving a little uh, discussion there at Lucky Wheels. Our own um, co-host and field producer now, Jay, will be attending, so please let me know if you attended. Last night, we had a late night. This show is going out a little bit late today because we were out really late last night at the Peterson for the Electric Revolution show, which we'll be talking about next episode. And my family and I went to the OG Moto show a couple weekends ago and that was fabulous. I have to say uh, I ran into Stephen Carpenter who has Carpy's Cafe Racers. He was one of the original uh, I, I don't know what to say he, not the, I guess a founder but he was one of the original builders of the cafe style motorbike and he works out of his garage still down you know a little bit south of here uh, in Orange County I believe is, is where he's at and I got a chance to run into him. I introduced my kids to him. You know, they weren't as impressed to meet a real British biker uh, as I hoped they would be, but they're just little kids. They didn't understand who he was. But man, talk about a guy who has pretty much been responsible or kind of restarted a scene here in SoCal to be able to hang out with them. You know, I've met him once before, but I actually got to hang out and yak with him and see what's up. Also got to hang out or got to briefly speak to Chris Richardson, who is the owner and founder of LA Speed Shop and co-owner, part co-owner of the LA House of Machines, which uh, helped put on the OG Moto Show. And, uh, you know, see Chris from the 
Cafe Racer podcast down in San Diego. Um, just hang out with a lot of like-minded people, look at a lot of awesome bikes, take a lot of cool pictures. It was really cool. Some of the stuff that my kids liked and the, I have to say the venue was pretty rad. The container yard downtown, of course, there's like zero parking anywhere in downtown, but we made it. We found a little private lot to park in and, uh, you know, made it little, very little way. I, I do have to say the food situation was terrible, but there there was like two food trucks to choose from. And there's probably more beer varieties in the little beer garden area than there was food. So waiting around for like 45 minutes for a couple of corn dogs or uh, egg rolls or whatever my wife did, uh, not worth it. But I do have to say it was, it's a cool venue. You're right in the arts district. So there's plenty of stuff to walk to around there afterwards and uh, just a great show altogether. So I hope to get to talk to Chris about it and I think Jay LaRosse, Jay, uh, Jay LaRosse might, um, actually he might be one of the co-founders as well. I just talked to him last night at the uh, Harley Davidson, I mean, I'm sorry, at the, uh, Electric Revolution exhibition at the Peterson. So kind of cool. Might be able to get to talk to him and see how they all came up with the idea, uh, for the OG Moto show. But you guys stick around. Creative writing is coming up next and everybody get out there and ride. I want to emphasize this. Get out and ride. I just got a wonderful text from Chris Singstein today. He got a Solstice Slam package. And so I hope that means everybody got theirs because I think him and he's furthest away. And so I hope everybody got their their uh, their prize package. And uh, I got out and rode on Spamla the other day. It was the best. I put a big, huge smile on my face. I just went to run some errands, but I was acting goofy and crazy. And it was the best thing ever. And rode the VFR the other day, like been getting out on both bikes. And it just is such so nice after a, a crummy day of work or just to get together with friends or even just to run an errand too. I love gearing up in all my stuff just to ride a mile down the street and then coming back. I mean, it just reminds you that, <clears throat> hey, I'm geared up. I could run this errand for a mile or I could drive two hours and go get a, a drink and something to eat and then come back and pick up that same errand on the way home, you know, from the ride. So get out there and ride and we'll talk to you guys uh, next time. Stick around. Creative Writing's next. All right, everybody. This is episode anybody one seventy one. Brady, you want to chime in? Just two hundred. Yes. <laughs> All right. It's one of those uh, of the Creative Writing Motor Stinky Podcast. I'm your host, the Junk Format. That's not real. My, my real last name, but Junk <laughs> is my real first name. Uh, to my left, I have Jay, the Dirty Walker. Hey, hey. In the center, we have the Sweet Talker, Brady Walker. Yeah, and on the by right, we have the Skywalker, Whammer Jammer, <laughs> uh, Christopher Wiggins in the house. And uh, yes, this is episode 170. You were wrong, but I still I love you for the not even having any idea. No. And you were real close, Jay. I'm super proud of you. Let's, uh, let's roll some intro music here and then get into the show. What do you say? And I'm going to turn all of us down so we don't get some rad feedback. But we're going live to tape. This is live from Creative Writing. It's Friday night. I could not believe, and that was Jake the Garden Snake. 
yeah, so welcome back to episode 170, everybody. You heard it in the house. We got Sweet Talker Brady Walker. He might be coming back to, to promote something or give us some information about something or other. Chris Wiggins is here, as always, to give you some information, even if you're not looking for it. And Jay... You're, you're here for entertainment value oh, yeah. for your weekly segment, yes. Jay rides off a cliff or into a car <laughs> or beats someone up. How did Jay almost not die this week? <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's before we actually start getting into the news and all that fun stuff, what's going on with everybody this week? How's everybody doing? And Wonderful. Good. Okay. It's amazing. Awesome. I, I feel like the CEO at a large company that was just like, all right, everybody, what do you think about those numbers for the quarter? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, those are numbers. And then, <laughs> no, come on, I didn't hear you. Yeah, no. So you guys are all doing good. Anybody go riding this week? I did. I did too. Real, me too. And I know you ride well, I every day. I ride every day. Well, shit, why aren't, we, why aren't we happier? There's people in this country right now that can't even go outside and piss because it'll freeze. Still. No way. And Yeah. And it's uh, in this country. In this country? Which is partially Alaska. southern Canada. Yes. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> and do we own any northern territories? Yeah, no. So people in Alaska, I mean, right now it's... Oh, just Wisconsin. It snowed again in the Midwest. <laughs> no did it? Yeah, yeah, it did. It yeah. really did. That's what I thought. That's why I was okay. not joking. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I thought I'd read about something happening. Um, I know the WIR top 10 guys are like a month away from starting their four-week riding season and drag racing extraordinaire. <laughs> so <laughs> I know they're pumped. You know what they should do is like a dual season where they drag race bikes and then and snowmobiles. Yeah, mm, for sure. Just, you know, And then you just average the points out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, how about this? You put those... Like ski timber sled like tracks on the busas and like drag bikes and stuff. That could work. That Talk could be the plan. Yeah. And how about this? Invite Larry and Tyser to go race his, drag race his uh, Yamaha and Tyser down the uh, the old drag strip there. They, sure, you can I'm run, sure he'd do it. Yeah, you can run snowmobiles on on the drag strips. I see it all the time. He did flat out Friday with us. Yeah, for sure. He's got front wheels on that bad boy. Yeah, Brady Walker, sweet talker, cock blocker. What, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> um, I had something very exciting happen this week. What was it? Caroline found a rag doll, and we rescued a rag doll kitty, and we have a new kitty. I thought you were kind of excited. <laughs> that is that is pretty sweet. It's a fluffy yeah. kitty. Rag dolls are very soft and fluffy too. So when you said rag doll, I was. It, when you went there, my mind went to because your crazy farm out on Walker Basin that you found some rag doll and now like demons were like possessing your house. Oh, like I got rid of Caroline and now I have the rag doll. Rag doll doesn't talk back to me so on Wednesday night. Come on the show and talk about her. <laughs> so that is pretty exciting. Kittens are rad. Uh, when I lived in San Diego, every cat I had was basically found on the side of the road, including oh. my brother. That cat. Will uh, <laughs> will always be around though, Jay. Um, you commute every day, so of course you rode this week. And I took Spamla out. I saw that you were you had changed your chain recently, mm-hmm. and I changed mine on Spamla. New Year's ride. Me and Wiggins are riding back, and all of a sudden it feels like I'm riding like a half track down the road. I'm like, dude, when did my bike become a tank? Like it really <laughs> felt like I was riding the chain on the ground instead of a tire, and it's because it was old and stretched and this and that. And I saw that you had popped. Left an extra link in there. Yep. I did the same damn thing. I counted links. Okay, good. And I, I don't feel that I changed now. My, I, I changed my sprockets, and I was like, oh, shit, that's right. It's short, smaller, so I... Uh, we counted it, like, five times. Right. I don't know how... I think it was because of the master link. We yeah. weren't... You know what we they used to say where I used to work at the body shop? Measure twice, cut once, but unless you're doing a chain... 
got links. You can do it as many times as you want. So, <laughs> but yeah. you got it too short. Do you like yeah. count count or you lay it out on the ground? No, I mean, I count them. You know, like I just oh, count man. from pin to pin. You just lose count then. Yeah, I think the, what we did was we laid it on the ground, and I think that's what fucked us up. Yeah, when you lay it on the ground, you got to, like, they usually won't stretch because you got to do two links at a time. It shouldn't be longer. Like, it won't be two links longer, so you just go to the next one. Like, it's like a half a link shorter. Yeah, well, it was also my first they do chain stretch. change. It was mm. brand new for me, so I think it was just a beginner's mistake. Yeah, you know, it happens. I, the I, thing is, you're not going to change it for 15,000 miles, so you'll forget by then, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, went, when I went, yeah, exactly. When I went to buy it, I just looked in my little old manual that I have, and I was like, oh, 102 links. They didn't have anything, so I was like, I, I had to break it anyway, so yeah. I don't give me one that's like eight feet long. I'll just uh, I'll make a necklace out of the rest of it. Which I did. You, can't you just adjust your back? Um, Adjusters. The chain was thrashed. Here's a good. If you have a five, I, I guess. Know, but if you got a, five, new, a new chain, you wouldn't have to have an exact number of the of links. Yeah. You well, even a little yeah. Bit that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I even even with that thing all the way back, it was still floppy. That's I was how like, mine what was. I do? That's what happened. Yeah. It was. It is all so the way weird back. because that is. There's seven, there's eight or nine notches on that little, it looks like a snail shell, right? Yeah, for those of you who are wondering, Turdman has the old school, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to call XR, it. Yeah, it looks like an XR, it looks like a dirt bike. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. if you, if you still, it's like an eccentric yeah. thing on each side of if the If you axle. have a 2019 XR650L, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. I they, love those. We had, I had some XRs, I still do. And yeah. Just, versus the uh, old, uh, let's see with this. Uh, old school adjuster, you know where the line is. If the guy was that wasn't <laughs> right. stamping it that day, yeah. you never know. It's gonna. It's not the only way you can really adjust here is with this whole line method yep. and a ruler yep. and all this bullshit. I've, I somebody, like uh, I think it was race sight down the chain too. Yeah, you'll see a curve in the chain. Yeah, race tech suspension. I think said that same thing. They used to have a really good video series on setting up your suspension, and they were like, you know what? The same bike could have the two different marks on the side. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Use the strings and like, yeah, do yeah. a I've straight edge to that. the parallelogram of the uh, eighth rostrum of a Mason's <laughs> thing. You know, like you got to know. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of math to do that the proper way. But yeah, so I like these little clamshelly things. They actually work pretty good. But yeah, one, they could also be off. Just they, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they are. That thing's a 1980. But just turning them from one to eight is only one link length if you were to measure it from a so i was like wow that's crazy so even one link was off or half a link like wigan said and it's like all the way out it was still flopping and i was like that ain't quite right let me go do 100 miles an hour down the road and see if it comes off <laughs> and it did no it did oh, yeah, but that's the only way i can do 100 on that bike is if i have a loose chain <laughs> i don't know what it is about it it's like inertia or so it's like some physics that i don't know but so me and you chain mistake Blood Brothers. Yeah. yeah. And I also learned that investing in a good chain breaking tool uh, yeah. and installer yeah. is re- worth it. Because is, the first time I had like the Stockton one uh-huh. and that shit like bent and like mushroomed yeah. out like after halfway through pushing the chain, yeah. the pin through. I used to have this. sprockets too or just chain? What, installing? Yeah. No, did you replace sprockets? Yeah, I, I did yeah. the whole deal. Yeah. yeah, I did front, rear, I, and chain. 
always prefer to do both sprockets and chain. Yeah. yeah, that's what I did this time. The first time I did it because I, I, I eyeballed it and it looked pretty good, but this time I was just like, because yeah. I ride every day. I don't want yeah. I just want to be. The thing is they so. wear together. So even if it's only right. worn a little bit, it's going to wear your chain really quickly to where the sprockets are. And then you're back to where you started. Yeah, with I think that's chain. what happened the first time yeah. around. So just, Plus with the extra link, it just. And the yeah. price difference to add two sprockets to your $150 chain isn't really <laughs> Yeah, dude, my bad. chain yeah. was 110 bucks or something like yeah. that. Or 120 bucks. I was yeah. like, that's worth more than three I times the spam. I do all three on a something that gets like, yeah, not on my flat tracker because it gets gear changes all the time. Yeah. But. Yeah. You know what? Like, I've read some, even in Spamla's uh, service manual, which is from the 1980s when they probably made stuff out of different metals that actually lasted, you know, a while longer. It's like, you know, how to check for chain sprocket wear because, like, it doesn't recommend that you do the chain, the sprockets until you're going through like your third chain. So, like, every other chain i guess you know one chain fine chain two you're good third chain chains the sprockets so Unless you're on a chain gang yeah mm-hmm. then then you want to do the chain every time that's yeah. how those chain gangs work do you, when you use the, the chain breaking tool do you put it in the vice oh dude my neighbor just rips them in half like he's well he's, like when you're like install what about when you're installing <laughs> the paint yeah. he just, um, i still grind the I was well, that's what I did when I took it off. I ground it off. Yeah. But, like, installing it with the tool? Yeah, no, mine's fine. I mean, it, it popped through kind of like... Yeah, uh, my yeah. chain tool, like, kind of squeezes it together. Yeah. And then okay. I can When do I was that. in prison, <laughs> it pops, you know, the first time in, it pops real good. <laughs> now, what is it? Don't people, like, I, I heard that some people can have to weld the chain, like, actually have it welded on. Some people probably do some crazy, crazy, heard, uh, <laughs> crazy heard, things. Well, I mean, for racing, and I've heard yeah. a different organization, like, they want you to well, have a well. Huh. Is that such a thing? Wouldn't that, that bind the I chain? Mean, or actually the like... chain's pressed on there versus something that just has a little... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a, lot oh, of, oh, a lot of... Well, <laughs> a lot of track days and a lot of racing, they actually make sure you have the pin-type master link. Yeah, I was going to say there's it, one type... presses that, the yeah, master link on, yeah. and it, like, it mushrooms the pin yep. out, so it's a permanent single-use only oh, those, Yeah, link. those yeah, type yeah, you yeah, do yeah. have to grind. I had the That's kind with the master clip, like the master yeah. clip link. Yeah. I only run... Like, my sports gets that again because it gets changed all the time, but, like, dirt bikes, to me, are about the only thing I'd put a clip-type on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I I only race the SR500, so I'm not going to get hurt. Yeah. 40 miles an hour. <laughs> hey, you got the big brother to Spamla. I do. Yeah. That's why I like her. You know what? I know. And I eyed those SR400s because they're the same ones that they've been making since like 78 in Japan. It bums me out that they come kickstart only. I think that's kind of cool in a way, but in another way, I'm like, dude, it's 2019. Um, it starts easier than the older ones. Oh, I bet. And they have a built-in compression lever or something. So Everything's great. There's even like a little uh, sight glass so you can see when it's at top dead center instead of having yeah, to no learn too. like oh, yeah. I used to have to learn, you know, the old way. But yeah, no. Um I would like you know have, they haven't changed it since the 80s because new four strokes that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to have a SR250, a 400, a 500, and the SR700. What about the 900 and the SR? The XSR 900, yeah, and 750, yeah, all those. I'm gonna make an SR garage up in here. Just make a list, start checking them off. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would be the jealous one because I love me an SR. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. thumpers. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever play Tourist Trophy? It was a PlayStation 3 game. 
or two, maybe even PlayStation I think I was Two. Done with PlayStation One, I never touched anything Dude, beyond that. Yeah, I played uh, that, that. What's that game where the guy runs around the city and stealing cars? And Grand shit? Theft oh, Auto. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was introduced to that in college, and I was like, I would actually sit there and not blink for <laughs> two hours, and uh, and you start your eyes would get all fucked up because we were just getting high. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And we would play for hours and hours, and I would leave like one of my buddies' houses and go home and driving, you know, just a few blocks and campus, I felt like I was in the game. Like, oh shit, you gotta go. And I swear to God, it was a trip. But uh, I think I went through like Grand Theft Auto 3 was the last video game I ever played. Yeah, I haven't played in quite a while because my kids, but I used to love Tourist Trophy and there was an SR400 cup that you could play on there. It was a motorcycle game? It was. The same same people that made Gran Turismo made a motorcycle game. So it had all, it was like all that cool stuff. We need to have a night where we get some cool games like that. They have yeah. a new one. They have that Ride 3, but I haven't played yeah, it Yeah, I've heard that that's pretty good. And they have a MotoGP game. The first game. one kind of sucked. I never played it, but all the reviews sucked. But the third one's supposed to be good. Yeah. They do. They have a GP game pretty well every year. Here's what I think we should do. We should... What should we do? Contact the, the bros at Lucky Wheels, because they have mm-hmm. a projector. Mm. And project some PlayStation yeah. or Xbox One onto the side of a building... And play some motorcycle racing games for a trophy that I will carve out of wood <laughs> and cardboard. <laughs> Idea accepted. All right. Yeah, let's do, that'd, be, that'd be fun. Um, but uh, have you guys, um, I mean, having in this riding weather right now, I mean, this is so perfect. That would be something super fun for people to do now that it doesn't get dark until like 8 o'clock anyway. Uh, just ride over there, play some fun stuff until... You know, hell yeah, it's right down the street from where I work, yeah. so I'd be down, dude. That'd be so fun. Yeah. I always, I, I when I was younger and I used to autocross and none of my friends did, I would say, Hey, come over and play this racing game and we'll do like an actual cup where we'll, you know, the winner will win a six pack or whatever. I thought that was the funnest idea. Nobody ever wanted to do it, but I think enough people at Lucky Wheels would be down. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Here's my problem with this whole idea it's brilliant, it's a good idea, but being a guitarist who has played the game Guitar Hero. The worst game in the world. It's nothing like playing an actual guitar. So I have a feeling like, you know, some racers would show up and be like, this is nothing like riding a motorcycle. This is no. so that's terrible. Why, yeah, that's why I was never oh a big fan of yeah. like, I've yeah. got a great story. Um, we, we're down. I already moved to Pasadena, so this was within five years. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was a guy selling in Pasadena, like just north of the 210, that old school video game, arcade game, big motherfucking thing that actually had the, the bike Oh yeah, that you go side to side. It was vintage, like '80s, and the game was in pretty fucking good shape. And I think it was like 500 bucks. And I'm like, Caroline got wind of it. She's like, No. And I said, (laughs) Oh my god, I can give it to somebody as a gift, and it would be the best gift in the world. But it's the size of a porta potty. It's massive and big, and the whole nine yards. And I didn't act on it because Caroline talked me out of it finally, and I was just like, (laughs) Shit. But it would have been. But it was so boring. My point of the whole thing was like, I got on it. I played it for like two minutes when I was looking at it when he had it there, and I was like, I'm over this shit. That was yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing like yeah. riding a real motorcycle. Yeah, like right. Maniac. My kids got uh, their grandparents are like, hey, check out this Atari emulator you can buy now, and it's a little joy. It's an Atari joystick with all the Atari games programmed into it. And yes. I was like, man, I remember when the Atari was this big, and each cartridge yeah. was like 16 bytes, and that was like. <laughs> enough to wipe out a communist dictatorship. Nintendo did that for a <laughs> while, too. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of Chinese knockoffs that have way more stuff. Well, yeah, nowadays the controller has 3,000 oh, yeah. games in it, and mm-hmm. back in the day you needed a suitcase and a minivan to oh, carry all yeah, the games, right? That. 
So they're thinking it's the best thing ever, and then they're playing pole position, and it's just some pixels going. And I was like, how did people get? Yeah, like this is the worst game ever. How did people get hooked on these pixels? The car really never leaves the center of the screen. It's the screen that starts turning. Oh, I get it's it. Crazy too. I think like for our generation, it's like stuff like Mario's, but it's like the classic. Like it just it has that like soul that's new ones don't maybe yeah but like when we were that age and it was coming out it was like the newest greatest thing and it was unheard of dude i I remember i i played like a playstation one or two game when three came out and i was like wow how did i know what pixel was what on this thing because nowadays (laughs) i feel like you're watching a movie when you're playing video games you know what i mean so i agree i think that um but you have to admit that with that stuff it still wasn't the type of thing where it takes over your whole goddamn life back when we were kids. Like, it was still, like, a novelty. I mean, yeah. I do remember being yelled at. It's like, get the hell outside. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first Nintendo game we had. It was just like, I'm going to beat this Mario game. Mm-hmm. I'll be sitting here for the next two months, Mom. Uh, yeah. But it wasn't, like, it wouldn't take over my life. We would still go outside. But yeah. nowadays, just yeah. like you said, you can get to virtual reality and stuff, which I've never really even done. But, God, even Man. Grand Theft Auto If my 3, wife uh, knew about my other family, <laughs> my virtual reality family, she'd be oh so mad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, you know what? This is an interesting conversation because I was talking to Dave Hargreaves, who used to have Cerberus down in San Diego. He works for uh, Jay, L- Jay Lawson now. Um, his kid, he has a picture of them. He's like, this is their weekends. And he goes in and his kids are sitting there with their <laughs> headphones. And they're, like, they're looking at him over their shoulder like, get out of the room, Dad. I'm trying to play a game with 30 of my friends online. And he's like, I just don't get kids nowadays. All they want to do is spend like 15 hours a day on the computer and i said dude you've got i responded back like you've got a lot you're fighting against a lot here because nowadays like when you and i were kids um we used to have to talk to dinosaurs and other cavemen <laughs> no i said you know we used to have to go do stuff actually if you wanted to learn about something you had to go find it nowadays like you don't hang out with your buddies at the shop or like at the mm-hmm. bmx track or whatever or even out in the field playing football or lacrosse whatever you guys played in michigan find the badger um tickle you, the badger kill the badger tickle. We, we had to tickle the badger oh <laughs> i played that in prison we uh you know nowadays you can get 30 people together online and it could be your next door neighbor but you don't have to leave your house and i'm yeah, like dude I, you're you're, you're fighting an uphill battle nowadays man it's like a whole different world because like is. i'm not really super online besides instagram and then sometimes when i like venture out into it like twitter and all of this other social media and like people are getting pissed off about stuff and there's all of these trending things and i'm like i had no idea that this whole world existed <laughs> the world's going on without me yeah it's insane uh, and yeah. like people i'll hear people at work talking about all this stuff and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking yeah. about yeah yeah so you disconnected know from it. it yeah well, it's crazy too like we used to be able to ride bicycles for miles like just you just take at off eight years old time. dude yeah yeah or you know like and it's funny because video games actually say this at the beginning they're like you know don't do this in the streets go to a racetrack and you hear all the time with like kids doing stuff in their cars and motorcycles like you should go to a racetrack but i'm like meanwhile you're also trying to close down all the racetracks i was just gonna say what racetrack like (laughs) and that's just like riverside's gone what is riverside now it's like an empty lot or something yeah they didn't even build on it. ask your parents to go to the racetrack on friday or saturday night when the races are happening they're gonna be like dude i just wanted to netflix and chill with your mom like we've been working all week (laughs) yeah Yeah. they're like we wanted you to leave though yeah yeah Yeah, that's true uh yeah you know irwindale right down the street from us uh 
what? they struggle every yeah. year. I mean, it's they, they just got to make it into a mall. Oh God! Caroline's yeah. like, mm. see that over there on the on the uh, front straight? That's uh, Forever Sixteen <laughs> <laughs> moving in, and you're like, Dude, no, nobody's yeah. gonna buy. Nobody's gonna buy. A, make a mall in a sand pit. I mean, that's right. that's basically what it that is. It could be the there. coolest mall ever. <laughs> but I will say, <laughs> moto mall. and I, I've heard a lot of racetracks are doing this, and Willow did it. Willow's a historic landmark. Yeah. And, you, like, as racers and people that, that go to Willow. Do you think you get a tax break or something? No, but it's protected. <laughs> as I a historical landmark. As a historic yeah. landmark, yeah. So, like, someone was like, oh, yeah, but all the history. And I'm like... As a racer, yeah, there's a lot of crazy history. Like, you look at Carroll Shelby between Riverside and Willow, like, the cars that he developed that won world championships in Le Mans. You also look there. at Willow as a racer and you're like, they need to repave this Yeah, corner. I definitely. <laughs> they put a new coat on top. I haven't ridden yeah. on it, but oh, there's a really? new coat. Nice. It's not replaced. They did uh, streets last year, so it should be nice. I hope so. Yeah. I yeah. saw the cars out there looking like that. A lot of fun. But yeah, yeah they made it uh, a historic landmark, which helps protect it yeah. from people, Irwindale people is complaining. Probably, yeah, it's probably a little ways away from that, but it has yeah. been open for a hell of a long time. Yeah. So Laguna Seca should have got on that one before they got quieted down. <laughs> Sonoma's the same way. Yeah. yeah. The sad thing is that uh, those places you don't, Without the spectatorship and without, you know, local clubs aren't going to be worth enough for those places to come back from the brink, you know? Yeah. And it sucks because it's like they built those tracks out in the middle of nowhere. And then the town became like worked its way out to them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now you want us to be quiet. Like, what am I supposed to pick this up and move it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Move a giant... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Uh, speaking of video games, I do. You guys think that more? We were talking about social media last week and how it's been ruining everything recently. Like, the, oh my god, uh, you know, like Elsinore, there's a lot of damage control you got to do when you're fucking on social media. Yeah, all the time. It's like what did I say? Like, well, not only that, but like the Lake Elsinore poppy. Poppy Gate, where everybody oh, yeah. went out there and smashed every single poppy uh, of the Super Bloom. Well, they were admiring the well, poppies. They, admiring they just walked all over out them too. on top of them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, video That's games hilarious. are they the same way? Do you think they encourage kids to play them and then later go out and do that stuff, or do you think they encourage kids to not do that stuff because they're not going to get a broken collarbone if they crash on, you know? Monster Energy Supercross 2019. I think it's a mix. Like, how many kids are playing Monster Energy Supercross that their parents would never let them have a dirt bike? Yeah, but are they ever going to get a dirt bike and go out and actually? But I bet the kids that have a dirt bike, yeah, they're probably riding their dirt bike all day if they can, and then they're going in and playing that too. Yeah, you know what? It's like my parents. My dad never told me he rode ever until I started riding, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I used to ride," and I was like, "Really." No shit. And he told me 250. It's in my blood, dude. It's just in my blood. <laughs> but that's also back in the days when the speed limit was like 20, you know, 23 miles an hour, probably. But, you know, I was never, not, not I was never allowed to have a dirt bike because it was too dangerous. We were just so broke ass poor. It was never even like, you know, never an option, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, you know, kind of kids nowadays, the thing is, is there helicopter parents. There's like a whole new yeah. level of like, oh yeah, don't I don't I even want you walking down the street alone. Yeah, because yeah. like 
that's the good thing about my job is we expose kids to like power tools yeah. and like doing things that are in the world and not that's, digital and yeah. virtual. I'm afraid that what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to just lose all. Uh, they're yep. going to be helpless. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly so that's what's levels. happening right now. Hey, it's and insane. Yep. The only thing is, someone like me is the, that makes me feel you know hopeful about it is because I'll have a lot of meat to eat because I'll just be, I'll just eat them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, sorry, yeah. you're not making it. I'm going to yeah. go home You are basically an uh, elephant seal at this point, and I'm going to club you to death. I'll wear your skin and eat your meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Soylent green, be damned. I'll I just... swear to God it's getting that fucked up. People do not <laughs> Listen, have a clue what's going on. It's, here's, it yeah, it's the, the sad thing is that they make movies about it, and people are just like, oh, did you see that movie? And then like... <laughs> Yeah, and you want to be like that movie's about you, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just a thing, like with the autonomous cars and stuff. I mean, imagine you know, thirty years from now, are people oh, yeah. even going to know how to drive? Yeah. I just hope it all leads to the Matrix. Right? Oh God, all it just does. Batteries yeah. and that's yes. it. There were some yes. cool motorcycles. In I that just movie, hope though, that the <laughs> autonomous cars can park. They because humans are losing cars. that. They've they have been parking cars. That's Lexus already, like, has had a parking car since like 2007. Oh yeah. I don't. <laughs> that's like the one thing that they do. It's good. about <laughs> flying on an airplane, but I think it pertains to so many things. Jim Jeffries has a joke about like airplane etiquette, and he's like, window gets the window and an armrest, the middle gets two armrests, and the aisle gets an armrest and a little extra leg room. And he's, but I feel like when I see people like park like assholes in like a small car or like the front of the parking lot, like when I go to work and I take my truck, like I take up two spots, but I park against the back wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Nice one. Well, it's because there's and no drivers. I'm, I'm going to find out where you work. Though. Well, it's not even that. I'm just like, dude, like we live in a society with rules. Yeah. <laughs> like be a human being, like have like common courtesy. <laughs> That's the only rule is to be a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And that oh, just no. me. People are not, especially here in Los Angeles. You don't oh, yeah, go to other not places in the world where people listen to your podcast or get out of the here left in lane. Los Angeles, mm-hmm. it is. You know what? Get on. Get with the fucking program. <laughs> I have a theory, and I don't or know. Maybe you eaten. guys can give your input. My theory is that, like, with social media and this like separation, like behind a screen, and people are saying like whatever the hell they want with no real like physical consequences that it's crossing over into the real world and people are taking on that attitude and then there's just no longer that respect or like and i think the like people are more self-centered exactly and that's probably also like an la problem but i feel like the social media part of it is that too and it's all about like Whatever they're doing is the most important thing in the world. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah, just like that's that's what's sort of the thing that keeps me away from posting more. Like in the beginning, I was like, kind of like, this is really fun. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm cool. And I'm like, I don't give up. I don't want, first of all, I don't want anyone to know what the fuck I'm doing (laughs) unless it's going to make me a couple bucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And second of all, I don't want fucking people to know what I'm doing all the time. Yeah, and then everyone has their goddamn opinion about it. And, like, yeah. even if it's, like, <laughs> like, like they judge that? it and, like, oh, you're not doing this right or you're all blah, blah, blah. It's I was like, would... I didn't even ask for your damn opinion. This is very <laughs> apropos to last week's episode when we very much, we yeah. talked about is social media ruining everything. And it kind of is. I just watched a documentary with my wife last night about Instagram and how it simultaneously made and broke people at the same time made them but then all their friends are like you're a sellout and left mm. it so they were lonely at the top <laughs> it, was, it was a really interesting uh well, really interesting documentary reality, it's it's just it's it's just not reality it, yeah, that's the problem yeah. and people like um 
I mean, I pay someone to do my Instagram account for one thing, but it's just like amazing that people, I don't know. Am I sounding like an asshole if I say none of it really fucking matters at all? Yeah. It really, no, really does. I'm sorry. Yeah. Especially not my stupid fucking post. Because guess what? I was on the phone for almost six hours calling people yesterday. Hey, track day. What's going on? Come on out. Let's party. You know, and, and that's the way uh, you can interact and talk to people. But you can throw all that Instagram shit away. Yeah. I'm, you know, you got to yeah. find a way. It's in, the, just, in the end, you still had to do it old school, uh, you know, yeah. selling it's a also, newspaper. Yeah. I like doing that, though. That's actually entertaining to me. Like working with the people. Yeah. But I think when that I did even, the, oh, go oh, ahead. I was going to say, when I did the SoCal Hooligans thing that's turned into like race promoting, it just started as a, it was a group text and I, I couldn't keep track in the group text what people had said mm-hmm. or like there's one with us three too and it's like all of a sudden I have 10 <laughs> messages and I'm like, well, I have no idea what that was about. No, so yeah, like two I weeks ago when it, you yeah. and uh, Junkie were talking, I literally had like 30 <laughs> notifications. I was like, you guys just had like a whole long conversation. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, so it started as like a way for like the hooligans to kind of be like, Hey, there's a practice coming up or there's a race. Like, so it was kind of like, you could find that post. It wouldn't be real far back. And then there'd be like the comments pertaining to it. Um, but yeah, it it came from like a group text. So to me, that's like kind of a benefit. It had that like ability to do those things. And even now for the races, I purely do everything on Instagram. Like it's just, I I thought you were gonna say now it's like 4chan and conspiracy theories and like, (laughs) All this terrible, terrible, dark web stuff. I think the thing is, because we're all, like, older generation, so we have, like, the before the internet experiences, so we kind of have, like, this dual skill, but, like, at my girlfriend's work, the kids are so digital, and it's, like, more of an upper class, so everything is online for them, but talking about helplessness, uh, she was talking to one of the kids about, like, having interactions with people, and they're like, if I don't have my phone in my hand, I don't know how to talk to people and it's yeah. just like that's yeah. how they interact that's how they live and like it it just boggles my mind that like you know not even being able to have a face to face conversation is something that may not even be a skill for yeah. these kids later yeah. I talked I, that, that documentary last night was terrifying and eye opening at the same time and a lot of kids uh, the cyberbullying behind the scenes mm-hmm. was an issue. They they said the same thing you said, where now that everybody's behind this magical digital wall, they feel free to say anything, even if they're sitting right next to you. They're like, "Oh, so and so is." Yeah, they were going down these terrible rabbit I used holes. To pass notes like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. I got caught a couple times. I had them read in front of class, and I quit passing notes <laughs> pre Instagram. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this whole thing. A lot. My my son's. Um, the Boy Scout troop, he's, a, he's real young. He doesn't even have a cell phone yet. But they're already saying uh, at this age and at this time, I think I think the social media thing is kind of catching on. I've already seen a bunch of articles about do you spend too much time online. Every Like Facebook and Instagram specifically have made these new settings where you can look and see how much time you yep. spend on. Yeah. Oh, the new screen. iPhone just tells you. Mm-hmm. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. So I think we're only – Facebook's only 10 years old and Instagram is even less than that. And they're already – going oh my god people are like looking at us while they're driving i was actually looking at rusty butcher's uh what you were driving today <laughs> no yeah well i was driving i was looking at rusty butcher's no his instagram feed the other day had he had photoshopped this little 110 pit bike oh yeah and somebody, that. That and super rad. it was super rad but you see somebody commented dude i saw this and almost crashed my car and i'm thinking what the fuck <laughs> are you looking at this for while you're driving like oh no believe me i see i literally see that every driving single is boring. day we need i go on the 405 i want an autonomous i just, <laughs> just want to get in it and be like cool well, i sort of drive like mario and Dreddy when i get in that <laughs> 
big old pickup out there. So <laughs> I drive exciting. like Mario Kart. I, sh- I throw turtle shells and bananas <laughs> out of my car. It's great. And then I, if I see a motorcyclist coming up like Jay, I put out my, I put out an extra long mirror. Oh, <laughs> uh, look out! Uh, Wait, so, close mirrors. Boy, yeah, those yeah. are the best. <laughs> uh, by the way, we are we're coming up on a half an hour. We're gonna do a little. Uh, a little transition to Jay's story. This week, Jay had some more yeah, excitement. A little go down and fall boom. <laughs> go down Another and fall time? boom. Huh? How many times do you go boom? Um, well, they were really minor, but it's been twice in three weeks. It's her I hobby. Know, so this is it's her hobby. Time. Yeah, I know. I know. It's oh, it's heartbreaking. It's it's really like testing my mental uh, stamina and endurance and like perseverance because. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to start doubting. Yeah. So, Jay, this is your segment brought brought to you by Klobman's Insurance Company. This is Jay's Fall Down and Go Boom. (laughs) This week on Jay's Fall Down and Go Boom, we have Jay talking about her Fall Down and Go Boom on the freeways in L.A. Jay, take it away. It's just really minor and it happened so fast it was like i didn't even know what happened i had pulled out of what the street that i live on made a right turn <laughs> and uh Wait, so not a left turn this time yeah no more left yeah. turns for me you're like a uh fedex Shit, that's driver. all i can do you're, you're like a fedex driver no more left turns um but so i'm th- there's three lanes and i was in the middle lane and i'm just cruising and I see this car to the left of me, and I start to see it in my peripheral vision, and it's getting closer and closer and closer. And so then I look over, and the car is literally merging into my lane. Do you ever so see I- that movie Jaws where the shark just got closer <laughs> and closer? Yeah, it was like that. But when I looked over at the woman, she's merging but not looking. Uh-huh. So she was literally just moving the car without looking. So then I'm like, honk my horn because I have like the loud air horn yeah, on yeah. there. Jay, like, Jay has like a train horn on her nice. bike. <laughs> I actually have three horns on my bike. It plays like Cucaracha. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Everyone starts dancing when they hear it instead of looking <laughs> where, they're, where, they're, where the hell they're going, dancing. right? <laughs> but then she's like, she mouths me. She's like, I didn't see you. And I'm just like. I, you know, I, I don't even know what to say. She's at that like, point. I didn't see you. I was too busy Instagram. Yeah, yeah. She's, I was too busy, busy looking at Rusty but Butcher's Which, pit bike. Oh, dude, did you see that pit bike? He, he photoshopped it so sick. No, so then I looked over at her, and so I was approaching the light, and it was about know, like 150 feet away. And so I was initially planning on splitting through the left lane. You know, that's well, like about half a football field. <laughs> 150 feet? Yeah. Yeah. So it's precisely maybe half a Maybe it's less than that. It was like 80 feet then. Shit. And so I was going to go into the left lane. And so That's a third she- of a soccer field. <laughs> <laughs> and so I then have to change lanes. So I go to the right lane, and then there's this big concrete truck on the right side, and then a little like. A concrete door- hauling truck, not a truck made of concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Robertson's. No, either like, either one. I mean, well, I would have been either one. Either would one bad. would be bad. Yeah. Well, it, so I was came up, and so because I had been distracted, and I was not mentally like preparing myself. You for were the light, distracted. I don't know what happened. Were I you guess intimidated I, by the driver when she looked at you, and you're just. And like, was, <laughs> did she have like facial hair, and you were just like, "What the <laughs> f?" And then you're like, you just like you spaced you're out. Like, I think I was just more pissed because she was trying to tell me 
me that she didn't see me, and I looked over and she wasn't looking to the right. Yeah. So I was just like, I was getting like, um, was like my honest. emotions were getting in, into the yeah. picture, and so instead of like just focusing on the ride, I go to split, and it was just about six inches too narrow, and so my mirror hit. I guess my mirror hit the car on the left, and then I just basically went like this, like zigzag ping pong. How and many car through? How many cars? I just went, I just, right by the concrete truck. Oh. I didn't even make it all the way through. I just, like, pretty much, I wasn't going too fast. Did you ping pong into him and her, him and her, yeah, him and her? Yeah, okay. So I went, I, like, went to the left and then to the right and then again to the left. Yeah. And but, then you um, popped a wheelie and got the hell out of there, right? Like, <laughs> please, please, please. Well, I literally, I just got up. All the cops. I, like, lifted the bike and, like, yesterday, uh, my bike, my back was, like, Killing yeah. me. You've like deadlifted 450 pounds about Yeah, what did you have to lift the bike for? Did you get jammed in there? It was pretty jammed in. Yeah. Yeah, I was jammed in. Were they so. like, hey, I want you to play for the yellow scratches? No, but the woman that I, on the left, that yeah, I hit her mirror. Fuck off. But the woman on the left, she was so sweet, but she she didn't speak English, but she was trying to tell me. The one me. that almost hit you? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay, no, the okay. car that I hit as I was splitting. Um, but she was like, oh, something like about her son rides and like she was getting teared up. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was getting upset because I was like, she really was like emotional about it. She's like, this could have been my son. Like, are you okay? Um, So I like gave her a big hug and she was really sweet, but. That's cool. Yeah. And you wheelied out of there. I was going to say, then you, yeah. But You're no, like, ma'am, this my, side of your car is fine. But where are we live? I have a, a $750 deductible later. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Well, no, the first time that it went down like two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, my um, shift peg bent in about half an inch, but it was still functional. She's full of measurements tonight. First 150 <laughs> feet, then 80 feet, now six inches, now half an inch. They're getting smaller. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's probably from my other job. I'm always doing that. Did but, you have to fix it and able to Well, no, what shift? happened this time is it finally committed suicide. Oh, it dude. was, yeah. It so how'd off. you shift? Hand shift? Um, well, no, thankfully, because my girlfriend's on spring break for school, oh, right, she right. was home, oh. and I just called her, and she's she like, brought you a she's like, shifter. if you're calling me and you just left less than 10 minutes ago, I know that something's up, because oh. it's happening like, Yeah, before. my back itches. I wanted you to scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Scratching the gear. Sure. But, um, yeah, so she was home, and so she just... Uh, oh, shit, I turned Jay down instead of Chris. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought I was already Party down. foul, party foul. <laughs> But, um, no, I just, what I did is I just uh, put it in, it was in first, and I just rode around the block, and yep. then rode it home. I got you. So, you yeah, you didn't, 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And first. I think that's the slowest I've ever ridden. <laughs> yeah, first gear, you're like, dude. I was like, I was like, oh. Girl, this is what it's like to own a Prius. Yeah, I was getting uh. into like 7,000 RPM in first gear. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Like, um. <laughs> banshee. Yeah. Uh. It's like, he's riding that circular saw around this street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I wanted to, to talk about that, getting into, you know, I know that you had trouble this week, and uh, I'm sorry about that, actually. I was really, you know, I told you, you, you texted me right after it happened, and I had put a little April Fool's post that family got smashed into the side of a truck, and you're like, oh, shit, I literally just yeah, said that no, half an I'm hour like, ago. Why did you do that to me? Yeah, when I when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, no. Everyone's going down yeah. today. Wiggins, yeah. you, Wiggins, you have to smash your bike into something now. <laughs> yeah. Or else you're not allowed on this week's show. We'll help. <laughs> uh, I so, prefer not to. I don't like to fix them afterwards. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wiggins, like, dude, it's like my wife. Like, when my wife's oil needs to be changed, she's like, can I just get a new car? Like, no, you <laughs> change the oil. I have a friend like that with chainsaws. He's like, I don't know how to change this carburetor. Just throw it out and get a new one. I'm like, really? I just like, like crash damage on him. That's true. Right. It's unnecessary repair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I have a couple of topics this week. Um, a couple of fake newses, and since Brady's in the house, these these two schmucks are terrible at this game, Brady. <laughs> oh, good. So I'm hoping you can help them out. I'm going to send out the positive vibes for everyone. Nice, here. and I hopefully you That's open my your gift to the world. For yeah, the and hopefully you uh, you take some of these and think about them, and then spin them back, whisper them in their ears. But um, your your topic might have something to do with our next segment. This next segment, folks, if you've never listened to the show before, we're called Creative Writing, and this is episode 170. Don't go check out too many too far back or you'll be disappointed. But we do this thing every once in a while called WFO. If you're a racer, you know what that means. Wheelie Fwiggin' Awesome. I know that's not his awesome. <laughs> Yeah. It's a wide, full open, let's just say that, uh, to be uh, to be friendly to the little ears out there. <laughs> but it's uh, in our case, it's what's the fake one? And we have five fake headlines. I'm going to give them uh, to the to the co-host here. After I fight with my, my microphone here, it's giving me ugly looks. So I'm going to give you guys five headlines. You guys got to tell me what's the fake one. And Wiggins is over there looking at birthday cakes on his Instagram, <laughs> trying to figure out, before I even read the headlines, he's trying to figure out what's trying the fake one. Trying to see what's real and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's over there. No cell phones allowed. And... Um, no Instagram, no, no Instagramming your questions out to the to the public. So I'm going to read you. I'm going to do it a little bit different. Usually I read them and then you guys tell me. I'm going to read them all at one time and then you guys pick between the three of you. There's five headlines, so maybe one of you will get the incorrect one. So let me read them. I have sound effects. I guess I should put those in. We'll do it later in post-production. Okay, headline number one. Harley-Davidson employees stage protest days before their union contract expires. Headline number two, drunken driver who kills motorcyclist will serve two days in jail. Headline number three, Valentino Rossi to receive MD. The doctor actually becomes a doctor. Headline number four, Utah legalizes lane filtering. And headline number five, the MSMA solves the aero crisis by splitting MotoGP class in two. All right, I'm gonna ask each one of you. You guys should, should all pick so one. Three are real and two are fake. No, there's only one fakey hiding in there somewhere. Oh, you got really? a you got a WFO Wiggins. What does that mean when you're racing? When you go to the hooligan class, what's the WFO class? Um, it's wide, full, open. Don't say it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's wide, bleep, open. Um, so yeah, you guys what pick was one. The last one. The last one was the MSMA solves aero What's crisis. MSMA. The MSMA, I believe, is the uh, Motorsports Marsupial Association. You ever seen <laughs> kangaroos and koalas <laughs> and American opossums actually uh, riding motorcycles? You know what oh I'm talking about? Oh my god, that's yeah. a fake one. <laughs> I, no, I've I've never heard of that one. <laughs> the MSMA. All I know is that it's like the uh, Italian legal body of MotoGP. Hmm. What did Rossi do? Uh, uh, Rossi doctor. Uh, doctor. gets oh, a okay. becomes a receive an MD. Well, I know I know two I know the two real ones. 
I'm not sure about the fake one. Jay knows two real ones. Ooh. Keep them deep. Let's see if the boys can pick their own. Ooh, I'm gonna pick. I think I'm gonna pick the. Um, I don't, there's no fucking way they'd split up MotoGP. That's insanity. Being a married man, I know how important it is to think for myself, <laughs> which I don't so ever do. That one, you're saying that they they're splitting the premier class. Yeah, there's no fucking way. Because what is based that on Arrow, your baby. Have you guys not Premier heard? Awesome. Have you guys not heard the since Qatar the opening round? Have you guys not heard? I've seen the Ducati tire cooler. Yeah, and they it was a big deal. They let him keep their points, but the thing is, like, if it wasn't breaking the rules at the beginning of the race, then it's fine. Okay. But they did let him, but they're not going to divide the class because of the winglets because everyone has them. They, when they when they first had those wings, they argued that. Um, it was, you know, opening a door where people could bump into it and hurt, you know, fuck things up. And so yeah. they just actually integrated it into yeah, yeah. the Now family. it has to be enclosed. But now they've got still. this. Okay, I, I sort of saw that because I did watch. Um, they put like one I on the, the last on the round swing in Argentina. Arm. I didn't hear them talking about it because I was probably. High as a kite? rum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By drinking rum, you I mean think- dropping acid? <laughs> <laughs> By drinking rum, I mean eating people. <laughs> I think it's the last one. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say there's no way. The rest of them seem somewhat right. plausible. I feel like incident. we would have heard about right. a Harley protest. Yes. And all you no, I haven't there, watched out I haven't but yeah, that the news seems very plausible. Days. What was the second one? What's happening? Number two, drunk driver, drunken oh, yeah, driver. One, I think yeah. that one's true. Killed yeah. motorcycles. Just, Jesse Smollett who got that one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First, the doctor. Th- I could see someone in Italy giving Rossi yeah, a real, they gave a him real DR. Frickin, uh, and lane splitting I know is true. Mm. Yeah. Unless you're explaining the last one not correct. I'm just reading the headlines, folks. I just read the headlines. Uh, so it's like clickbait. Yeah, I'm with, headline. I'm with the wigs, yeah, between those two. It's, I say it's the first and her last one. Because I feel like, or the one in between, or I feel the like two someone would have heard about the middle. Harley it's Union protest. Five. Yeah, especially with all the Trump BS and like all that. I feel like Brady's that been an issue. Brady's brain just melted because of your uh, <laughs> your reasoning there. It was like watching that scene in Princess Bride where like the dwar- I was actually space. I was well, actually I'm not, space I'm not saying. I'm just saying yeah. like with all of the drama around Harley and stuff and everyone's talky talk, but no one's walkie walk. Right. The, if, what Wiggins is saying is, and less known as you never get into battle of wits <laughs> with the, whatever. You I feel like we would have heard of that one, but the last one, I feel like either you're saying it wrong, or I agree with Brady. They're not going to split the premier class. So Brady's going headline five. Yes. Wiggins, pick one, one or five. I'm going to go with five. Wiggins is five. Jay, I'm going to go with the first one. And Jay goes with the first one, folks. I've just done the shocker, <laughs> and I have to tell you, you are all incorrect. <laughs> Yes, Harley-Davidson employees did stage a protest days before, literally days, so at least 24 hours or 48 hours before their union contract expired. Headlines, Menomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomenomen
Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. A seven-year union contract expires Monday, and it concerns were growing for Harley-Davidson workers with the Menominee Falls manufacturing plant. Workers rallying together this week at the Menominee <laughs> plant. They were taking their unpaid lunch break to demonstrate and ask the company to bargain in good faith. If you want to read more about this, go to bikerspost.com and check out the headline, Harley-Davidson employees stage protest days before their union contract expires. So guys, well, Jay, Mrs. Shocker, Pinky, I'm sorry, <laughs> but headline yeah, number yeah. one, they did, they did. And you know what, Harley, ever since 2007 when I got into working uh, professionally with motorcycles, Harley-Davidson's been striking like every other year, I swear to God. Like, they need to treat their employees with some dignita. I don't, uh, I mean, it's, they're trying to compete in a market where they're not competing against unions. And I'm, for the most part, pro-union, but it's still an expensive way to pay your employees. And I feel like employees should be paid well, but when you're competing against companies that aren't doing that, it definitely makes it hard. Yeah, compete. Unions are a tricky thing. Um, I used to not be for them, and now I'm kind of for them. Uh, depending seeing on, how a lot of companies are shitty to their employees, I'm yes. more depending, for them more and more. Depending on what industry you're in, for sure, you definitely need to uh, pay your union dues. I feel like together. it's getting to be every industry. Yeah. If it's not, yeah. like, there's a reason a lot of places are not union. It's because they don't want to take care of their employees. Yeah. Well, it's just like retail. I worked in retail for 15 years, and it's just like they were so – like when I was a manager there, they do a whole like week's worth of training on how to like be prepared if someone's talking about unions. Like yeah. if you hear someone even say union, you have to like pull them aside and like do all of this damage control. It's insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I was a kid, I mean, I'm unions very, are why we have maternity leave and health care and eight hour work days yeah. and, and vacation and, time. Yeah. And, right. It's like if you don't want to say you don't want to get a union, then like just pay your employees well, give employees. them good benefits, and yeah. they're not going to want to unionize because they feel and they won't need to. Yeah, exactly. Every few years, when the economy starts to take a dive, people say, "Hey, I can't afford this union. <laughs> I can't afford to pay you what you deserve." But then the economy comes back, and they're like, "Hey, I guess it wasn't so bad." Uh, m- headline number two: Drunken driver who killed motorcyclist will serve two days in jail. Uh, I'm working on getting. Uh, I just video- heard where someone is spending two days in jail for something horrific. So I just so you, yeah, it's true. This is America. It's probably yeah. true. I want you guys to describe to the listeners this lady. Money. Oh, this lady's hair. You know what she did? She's white. She walked into the courthouse and she's like, I need to speak to the manager right now. Yeah, yeah. She looks like Miss Piggy, literally. She just needs bright red lipstick. She even has like the one side of her head's blonde. Yes. I wanted you guys. It's not the short manager cut. It's the above the shoulders manager cut. Mm -hmm. This chick is so Mm -hmm. East County. I want to speak to your manager. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I w- I shown you guys this so you guys could describe her to the so we can all just be racist assholes against white women who <laughs> want to see the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Wichita, Kansas, a white drunk woman. Uh, she killed a 35 year old motorcycle rider, and she'll serve two days in jail. Five days of house arrest and a year of probation. I hope probation means somebody sticks their fingers in her butthole for killing a motorcycle. time. Yes. Uh, yeah, so her name is Alexandra Esslinger, not related to Danny Eslick or anybody who's... There's an Esslinger... <laughs> I was trying to no, think. No, I think that's sprint car racing related. Yeah. Anyway, she, uh, she committed vehicular homicide while under the influence. I've... So knows? how... I don't understand how... How's that different how- from manslaughter? 
Well, when you're under the influence, murder. Yeah, I just don't understand. Not only did she kill the writer, was the judge in the county also an Esslinger? He wanted to see the manager too. Yeah. (laughs) So, no, listen. Who knows how many kids I've had while under the influence? So I'm just glad that that stuff is kind of you can write it off. You know what I'm saying? Listen to this, guys. I'm going to show you something that's going to blow your minds. Headline number three, Valentino Rossi to receive MD. The doctor becomes a real doctor. So (laughs) did he, like, actually have to go to school for all this, or is it, like, an honorary doctor? Valentino Rossi went to the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. He's he's learned every life lesson he needs to know on racetrack. Track and that didn't answer my question. Racing. You know and, what? I and in the bedrooms of countless Italian. When models. you watch him <laughs> race, you know why they call him that. Like everything is thought out because he, he like, breaks something every time and he has like, no triage under pressure <laughs> he does not he likes to play that he's getting old but i gotta watch the casey the stoner table. battle at uh laguna seca like that dude loves casey stoner battles. used to be good at one time too sadly mark marquez is already kind of you know if his, if his riding carries on in the exact same fashion that it has he's going to uh He's going to be the one that breaks Giacomo Agostini's records. Uh, Rossi is not looking so great this year in MotoGP. He just turned 40 right before Qatar. And he just got a second. I know. What are you talking yeah. about? Are you on crack? The dude's 40 years old and got second in the world. In the world. In the world. see. Well, I'll tell Take you what. Take that Yamaha hat off right now. Listen. <laughs> You're talking about the doctor. Yeah. I am talking about the doctor. Caroline, and that is that a that fake. Was, that's Caroline's. Um, headline, by the way. Only. Um, that's that's the fake one? Yeah. That was fake. Oh, my gosh. That was from uh, Asphalt and Rubber did a bunch of motorcycle April Fool roundups for 2019. Wait, that was the actual headline. So, technically, that was true for our game, right? Gosh dang it, Wiggins gets me on a technicality. There are no fake headlines this this week. Wow. No, uh, Rossi won't receive his doctorate, though, and he also um, probably won't win his 10th GP. Nobody's going to beat Agostini um, unless Marquez does. Uh, so I'm sorry for everybody who loves Valentino I love Valentino Rossi, Put them all too. back on two strokes and I better Dude, win Dude, I am just asking for hate mail talking smack about Rossi. Huh? I've always had the, the curiosity, like, how long does Yamaha hold on to him? And how do they find someone that's going to be... Listen, Marquez here's my question. Is yeah, how but, long does Yamaha make a good bike and then all of a sudden they're crap? Like... I don't understand that either. I, I don't just, understand MotoGP. Yeah, well, there's a I, lot I of rule changes to make it even. And I it love kinda, World Superbike yeah. just because those are kind of like stock-ish bikes that are... Uh, but it's fun to watch I think, them race MotoGP. I think That's for Rossi cool. too, though, it's... He doesn't even need to win to still be a valuable rider to them. Yeah, that's why my question is: is like, I mean, he'll always be, in, he might be in top three. Eighty years old, they're yeah. just like, come on, Rossi. <laughs> but I mean, think of the knowledge that he brings to the team. Yeah, think of the fans that he brings to the team. Like his fans will follow him yep, anywhere. Star power. So they're selling the merch, they're selling the oh, tickets. Yeah. There, people are buying Yamahas because he's on him, even though he's not winning. I buy Yamaha. But he is. He's podiuming up. more all the time. He's doing better than he everybody. He probably won else, his so. first championship on a I'm bike like Spam. Was when he says, okay, you know. I think I'm he won his first championship on a Honda, actually. No, he did. He wore, rode Hondas for a long, long, yeah. long time. I think one of his quotes when he first went to Yamaha was it was easy to win on a Honda and he wanted a challenge. Well, you know what? I have to say he did Yamaha. He, you know, he was fabulous on Yamahas. He made me love Yamaha that much more. And now Yamahas are going backwards. And his teammate, who is Maverick Vinales, right? Yep. Um, 
he's been hit or miss on these Yamahas too. So I just don't, it's I don't get it too early in the season to call it, but, but um, I'm just saying, you yeah, know, Marquez well, is, has already won more races than Lorenzo and Valentino Rossi when they were his age. So I think Marquez is going to be the guy that ends up getting, there's no doubt that yeah. he is unbelievable. He's on that a very point. talented writer. Yeah. But he's not. I mean, it's the thing that I like about Rossi because we're way into it. I mean, we're we're way into it. It's a sacred time when we pull it up on our MotoGP fucking yeah, no yeah. spoiler thing. Like, yeah, you yeah. can't look at Instagram. Yeah. People are gonna fucking tell me who won. It's a very special thing. But I don't. It's like okay, Marquez might pull some moves, but he just does it in an arrogant way. He's not this classy. You know, he's still young. He's young. Give him it time. It doesn't matter. I don't. But see, I didn't. I've only been watching MotoGP for like five. years. Years, but I don't know. But when we watch Rossi, he is just <laughs> over like, five years ago. Oh, so awesome! He's yeah, just, he just makes he just inspires you. Yeah, I have to say, I don't think he ever came back from that leg break in uh, last year. No, no, no. This was like a few years ago. Winter. He broke his leg in training, like at uh, military training. Yeah, he broke his leg doing a roll with an M16 in his hand. No, <laughs> it was in like Assen or something like that. I forget, but I remember, yeah, he was He hurt. busted that. He busted his tib fib. This is like five or six He's years like, ago. Give me, give me a shifter up yeah. near my knee. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have. I'll go out. Well, do they even have shifters anymore? Or do they just uh, hit a button? Probably not. It's all autonomous. They don't even, they just sit they on it. autonomous now, too. They just sit know. on it. They must shift. I don't know. I, do they or is it a button? See, you guys are questioning it. Maybe it is on a home. foot and it's just still electric. I'm scared of the well, bike shifts why would so they, Why would they still quick. have GP shift if there was even a shift if there was even a shift what if they they just just a pattern <laughs> right why would they even have that if supposedly uh, the brakes and everything are on a gps that's what you told me that's what, what? i've heard from a reliable you source mean the brakes just start to happen no 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 you, they have to squeeze them but they can squeeze them as hard as they want and the bike knows how much brake pressure it takes. For this is corner. what Wiggins told me. This is a conspiracy theory. This that came from no, a guy who owns that, one of I, I Rossi's old that. bikes. Yeah, it is It is very interesting yeah. how they adapt and learn and start to help you. But you're right, because there's so much horsepower. How much horsepower are those things? Like 300? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, getting up close, there. Yeah. And so like, if you Five were just to not have these limitations on the bike or, or things that check horsepower. you, the, the wheels would just spin off into fucking outer space. You'd yeah. be gone every single yeah. time. What's crazy, Like, look at all the slow-mo videos of them breaking sideways and accelerating out of a corner sideways marquez with his fucking shoulder on the ground yeah breaking just sliding the front end and this rear tire spinning and they're turning about you know 50 yards before they actually get they're sliding through the court they're basically on yaw control at that point like that's what i look like at classic track hell yeah (laughs) but that is how you look at hooligan track days uh you know what's funny too i just listened to a podcast and they were talking about the california superbike school they just went from i forget what they went from but they went to the s1000rr rain mode and the bike displacement went up because I think they were on Super Sports before, or yeah, where there's. But they're always BMWs. They are now, mm-hmm. but in the past they were 600, like Jigs or 600 or something. They went to the BMW S1000RR, and even though the displacement and horsepower went out the roof for beginners, people that had never been on bikes before, let alone a track day on a sport bike with real racers, the accidents went down because 
AB, race ABS. I mean, I remember when BMW first came out with this, they were the first ones to have the Bosch IMU. You know, it wasn't called an IMU even The yet. S1000 was one of the first street bikes yeah, to have a slipper clutch, ABS, traction control. Yes. They called the S1000RR. They called it wheelie control at the time. They didn't even call them IMUs until two years later when Ducati and Yamaha came out with them. But they had... Uh, they didn't have race ABS yet, but now they have that even. And I'm talking about like you stick it in rain mode and unless you're blind, you can't crash these things. Or unless you only have like one arm and half a leg, you're, these things are totally uncrashable. Uh, not – well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say they're totally uncrashable. But you would – even a bad motorcyclist has a chance now of getting around – at a race school because... The way it was explained to me was with the clutch and the traction control, you could go into a corner, uh, downshift three gears if you needed to, grab a bunch of brake, mm-hmm. and just dump the clutch back out, and it's going to kind of slip the clutch and do everything. Mm-hmm. And then coming out, you just open the throttle mm-hmm. wide open, mm-hmm. and just traction control takes over for you. Yeah. See, the, uh, and this is from the very first iteration way back when they first, the first year they came out all the way to this year, which is, I think it's 10 years now that the S1000RR has been out. Um, they have been refining that every two years, at least every two years. Bosch has been working on the IMU. And at first it was called wheelie control so that you couldn't wheelie while you're leaned over. And then they integrated this yaw and slide control and the six axis IMU shit started coming out on everything. Even KTM off-road bikes have that now where you're leaned over. Oh boy, that was me punching something. You're leaned over you get all the way on the throttle all the way or all the mm-hmm. way on the brakes and that tells the computer hey the bank angles the the imu is a bank angle and a pitch and roll and lean so it's measuring all these different things it's like hey wait you're at this angle mm-hmm. giving it this much input going this speed we're not going to let you get all the brake or all the throttle mm-hmm. and we're going to mitigate this sideways sliding action that you have because it was anti-slide, anti-wheelie. So they, there's a whole bunch of stuff on these bikes that... Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's yeah. crazy what they can do. Yeah. But I think... The as, GPS... you talking about the GPS race bike stuff. You're saying what you were telling me a while back is that based on the corner and the GPS route that it has stored... The bike, in, in yeah, the the bike ECU, knows what corner it's the in. The bike knows that you're at this track, you're at this corner... You're doing this. You're, you shouldn't be past these certain parameters. So therefore, technically, they shouldn't be crashable. People crash in MotoGP all the time, so I guess they're really. I mean, that's them. part of racing is you got to push it. You know, you, you are pushing all that, and you know, watch their lines lately. How they swap in the middle of the corner. One guy runs in wide. One guy cuts and comes out low. It, it's not a fluid corner that often. Yeah, it's kind of crazy but yeah marquez speaking of the man himself dives a lot and misses a lot goes wide a lot and then ends up smashing into people coming out trying to catch back up so uh you're right he's not precise and you know he's not the picture of precision but he does uh he's tenacious you know most of the time when i go to the track or really all the time because i don't have a bike with fancy stuff but it's about Improving my, <laughs> improving my riding abilities, right? I don't mm-hmm. want traction control. I don't want all that stuff because mm-hmm. I want to feel the bike. I want to be smooth on the throttle because to me that's, that's part of I riding feel. a I motorcycle. Feel exactly yeah. That way. yeah. So it's like. If you want all that stuff, Control just plays a video game. Well, or if, <laughs> if you're going to go racing, you know, if you're going to race summer. at that level <laughs> and the rules allow you to have it, then yeah. I mean, it's about winning races. Like that's part of the deal. But. 
you know, for, to me, for a track day, it's about me improving my skills. I mean, there's something mm-hmm. to say about having technique and like having yeah. some shitty conditions and then being able to and ride it, it out. Yeah, and it transfers to the street too. It's always good, you know, cause you know what your bike is capable of and it's not doing it for you. Yeah. I, at the very first, very first shows I was adamant about bikes having at least one carbureted bike, which for Honda, that would be the XR650L, which probably won't last much longer. Kawasaki just did away with the KLR this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the XR650L still carbureted, still does not have ABS. The friggin' monkey has ABS. A little 125, you know, the <laughs> monkey and the Grom has ABS on it. Compulsory across the European Union and most of Europe now for anything over 125 to have ABS. And I was always like, man, they should make this base model bike for you to learn on. Learn uh, the basics of steering inputs, um, what it feels like to slide and get loose, what it, what it's like to work on a carburetor or what happens when you adjust the jets this way. The, the truth of the matter is we're going away from all that and it's not, it, it's, it's a dominant, it's like a sliding scale. It's, yeah, for, definitely for a point. But as much as I hate working on fuel injected stuff because there's a bunch of wires, have you ever ridden a fuel injected motorcycle? Oh, they're great. Fuck carburetors. You can go to uh, yeah, you can go from here to Pike's Peak and you don't have to rejet and two just, times in between. And they're smooth <laughs> all the way through. They make better power. Like there there is a lot of benefits to a good fuel injection. As much as a lot of times I also hate them. You know, it's like yeah. man, they they're also got their benefits. I believe was it we were having a we were having a little a uh, I'm going to turn you down Jay so you can mess with that if you want. We were having a little conversation this week about uh you know, when I was in a shop, when I worked in a shop, we called the guys mechanics. You know, we called them technicians. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then as time went on, you were no longer a mechanic, you were a tech because there was less and less mechanical stuff and there was more and more technical stuff. And it finally got to the part point where, sure, there's still a lot of physical stuff to replace, but most of the vehicle magic happens within like this weird box that you yeah, can't break that's what you're anymore. Saying. You can't break. Tuners. Yeah. Now there's you all have the to guys go to, in tuner clubs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tuners nowadays aren't dudes that sit in garages and like, you know, w- smoke bowls while they're cleaning bowls. Mm-hmm. You know, they are guys that sit here and uh, go on the Reddit, Code look it. at all, you know, <laughs> while they're looking at Reddit and checking Instagram, they're also programming like 18 <laughs> maps for their, you know. Well, put a car. big spoiler on your Civic, I think, makes you a tuner these days. <laughs> Back in the 90s during, or the 2000s during. Uh, the Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. I would totally mm-hmm. say that. But nowadays, I think it's being, half of it's being like a, a web designer. You're like, hey, let me, let me, uh, I know CSS, let me go mess I with this I car. I spoiler with my 3D printer. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm a maker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a maker. Right. Yeah. I'm a YouTuber <laughs> slash maker because I have this like YouTube channel about how to make yeah, stuff. Yeah, no. And I play video games, but I've never been in a shop. And I'll sell you a map on my Etsy account. A gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second, we're going to wrap up this segment because I want to get on to the next part. Um, but the next, the last two headlines. First one, Utah legalizes lane filtering. We all know this has happened, right? We all know this happened? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Utah, House Bill 149 uh, amends provisions of the traffic code to allow filtering of a motorcycle, making Utah the second state to permit permit the practice. I think they're also trying to do it in Oregon, right? They've been trying to do it in Oregon, and they tried to do it in Nevada a couple years ago. That kind of fell through. Um, Utah motorcyclists can now travel legally between the same direction 
uh, lanes and cars, but only when other traffic is stopped and the motorcycle can only move at 15 miles an hour or less. So it's basically like in California, the speeds. Prove of it. Driving an L. Yeah. Well, but it, I was going 50. <laughs> up to a stoplight and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's still really huge. It's huge. Yeah. Or it, traffic jam. Yeah. yeah. And it's only allowed on roads with speed limits of less than 50, which in Arkansas, even the freeways are like 50. Like 65 <laughs> is a fast freeway. Well, in, in Utah, though, if it's 80 speed limit, yeah. you're like cyanide. Yeah. So still, yeah, if you're, if it's a, you know, so this is great. Uh, filtering, not only does it, you know, California studies have proven that filtering keeps, uh, it keeps it safer because if you're if a motorcyclist is in between cars, they can't get rear-ended. You know, uh, when you're behind a car, you're you know moto sandwich. But if you're unless in between you're cars, and you do a unless you're in Jay and you're a ping pong ball, I can of course fuck it up. That's, she that's has what proven I'm that everything anything is possible if you try hard enough. But Utah, uh, congratulations! And when you come here, we'll show you how to do it right and at speed. So that's uh, that's what I have to say about. And the last headline, of course. Uh, the MSMA. I still don't know what that stands for. The motor. I know you don't spell motorcycle with an S, but I'm going to say motorcycle marsupials association. <laughs> they did solve the aero. Well, they're proposing to solve the aero crisis by splitting the MotoGP class in two. Now everybody knows Yamaha was not on this list of people that complained, but Aprilia, who even had their own tire spoiler for some weird reason, Aprilia, Suzuki, Honda. And uh, one other one that I can't think of, oh, maybe KTM, uh, basically filed a complaint against Ducati for using a spoiler on the swing arm. Uh, like you said, before, there was a lot of trouble with, like, the little winglet sticking off and riders were saying, hey, when, when somebody comes next to me and jabs me in the arm, you know, MotoGP racing can be trading paint. Literally, the winglet's, like, slicing into my arm as they're going by or we're banging into surgery. each other. Yeah, the doctor's in the house. Yeah, the doctor's in the house. He's got his. He, he can pull over and uh, pull over and operate on you now. But the thing was, it was a safety concern. Even though they're totally detachable and breakable, and everybody was saying they break away, uh, it was a thing. And so they they said, "Hey, you can't have it." So it sticks off. So the thing was, "Hey, it sticks off." But what if we? have it and then build the fairing out around it so now you see all these crazy bikes that look like whale sharks out there uh, going around and that's totally legal but what about a spoiler on the swing arm well the MotoGP rules were that if it doesn't attach to the body anywhere and it doesn't serve as an aerodynamic if its primary function is an aerodynamic then it's not aero uh, and that's so where they got Ducati got a, gets this little scoop because it cools off the tire and it keeps the tire from doing a Loris Boz. Remember a couple of years ago, Loris Boz blew it on the front straight of like Mugello at 180 miles an hour. His tire disintegrated and he went flying because it got overheated. And we know that race tires can't take every single factor into account. And so they do need to be cooled down in order I'd to... I'd say there was a flaw in that tire. Well, it could have been. Otherwise, but they if it was overheating, race, it would happen more They often. didn't race on that tire for that. Because, you know, there's always like a couple tires available. for So yeah, that everybody yeah. went off of that tire immediately when that happened. He was like the only one running it. So this is a uh, spoiler to keep the... It's not a spoiler. This is a duct to keep the tire cool. So what's going to happen if uh, if they go with this proposal for next year? They, the MSMA, the Motor Ciclismo Marsupial Asacionado, if the proposal is approved, MotoGP will host two races each Sunday. One for the MotoGP Aero Championship and one for the MotoGP Plan 
Acclaim Championship. You know, I know that. You know, I feel like I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but oh, I you're fine. I got fucked here because I thought you said that the rule already went into effect. Is what I was guessing. My, ba- I was basing my guess on. I would have known the doctor. You, th- you didn't say it was a proposal. You totally pulled the wool over my eyes. This so says they solved the arrow crisis you, by Wiggins. splitting it in two. Here's a, a couple problems. So if that were to happen. You're going to have the same riders and the same teams, and they're all just going to have two bikes. Rossi's going to race Arrow in the morning, and then they're going to race non-Arrow in the afternoon. what do you hate about Moto America? The other problem you're going to have is you can't fill the fucking grid the way it is. So you want to split the grid in half? Actually, the grid's maxed out at 16, right? Yeah, what are there? How many people are going home every week? 16. Yeah, so don't do eight and eight. That makes no sense. What you're going to do is you're going to have 16 aero bikes, and those same 16 teams or eight teams, same 16 riders are going to do a non-aero race. That's why yeah. that's a bunch of bullshit. They're yeah, just, so they're sort of calling their. Wiggins, what do you hate about up. Moto America and like World Superbike and all that great stuff? There's, they can't fill the grid. No, I thought you it's hated that there expensive. was a, that there was two races. Oh, like Saturday and Sunday. Sure. Did I ever say that I hated that? Yeah, you did. I don't think I said I hated you that. You did. I'll bring up the tape. Oh, mm-hmm. We do that in our mind. God, it's going to take me so I was long probably to go ranting. Back and I don't, I don't really hate that. Yeah. Um, because you were saying, like, why would you come out one day and race it and then come back the next day and race it again? Like, why not do it all in one day for the for the fans? Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I change my opinion yeah. often. Oh, let's do it. Let's change it. So, but so I, what do you hate about this? But you're not going to split your grid in half. It, all that's going to no, do no, no, is. No, no, Either. they're not going to split it in half. They're, what, what's You're gonna, right. You're going to require all your teams to have more bikes, and all your riders are going to race two different no. bikes. What's going to happen is that all the people that complained before because the aerodynamics was driving costs through the roof are now not going to complain. They're just going to do it. And then the other class is just going to be World Superbike... World Superbike... Moto 2.5. Moto 2.5, Yeah, right. exactly. So that's a nuts proposal. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not going to matter. Do you think they're going to pass it? I mean, I'm, I'm going to read no, this No, I don't think later. it's even going to pass. I skimmed the headlines. I think the... I didn't know that the rule already... It could not be aerodynamic. That's where... So what I had seen on it, they were worried about the points, like giving Davizioso the points for the win, right? They were going to yank his points. And my thing was... If it was legal when you started the race, you can't take his points away. Well, the whole thing is that they asked, them and Aprilia asked if it was legal, and they said it was. So I don't know why Aprilia is protesting either, except for that well, Aprilia is... just go and make their own. Aprilia yeah. was uh, and deemed to be... I really... It. It'd be interesting to see some numbers, because it's supposed to cool the tire, but if it does add downforce, and I guarantee it does... That extra downforce on the tire is going to create extra heat, right? Like when you're doing 200 mile an hour down a straightaway and you're sucking the bike down to the ground harder. But it's a duct bringing air to the tire to cool it off. Yeah. It's also pulling that tire into the ground harder. I promise. <laughs> well, did you see did you see Ducati on the same bike also has these huge like ducks on the front wheel that supposedly cool the front wheel mm-hmm. too. I could, I mean, that's what they're trying to pull it off of, but or pull it off as. But you, I promise you, that thing helps pull that rear end down to the ground harder. Dude, Ducati has a chance to optimize their aerodynamics package and dominate the MotoGP Aero the Championship, is, while other manufacturers can decide to optimize power delivery and handling. Are and they really saying plane. that it's making it too expensive? 
<laughs> that's always been the. That's always been the. God damn it! I'm fighting with my microphone tonight. We've I mean, these are week. those bikes are cost how much money? Those I know, riders then, make how much? Like, how much more do you have to spend on a you, wind tunnel? You're telling like, me they weren't wind tunnel now. testing before. Not to the if if there's no arrow. Smoky Eunuch was wind tunnel testing. Dude, listen, Win, Wiggins is wind tunnel testing with his derby car. Can I tell you that? <laughs> I want to see the derby yeah, car. Yeah, I haven't touched it. I got to work on this more. I haven't touched it since I wind tunnel tested. I got to order a tungsten weight for it. Oh my I heard god, it, it's like pa- it's like the size of a piece of paper. Listen, no, it's it is. It's it's thinner than a crepe, and he's the reason he's ordering tungsten is because mercury is illegal to buy, and it's like. The heaviest because he shaved it down beyond. He has to add nothing but weight back to this thing. He has to figure out some I tungsten. Can't wait to see how it's gonna He's going to drop tungsten on his floor, and his whole house is going to shatter. <laughs> you know that's what happens with tungsten, right, Wiggins? You know you're a metallurgist. You know what? You're an alchemist. He's turning his tungsten into gold slowly <laughs> by your using your dime, Brady. Uh, with that, hey, it's been a little bit over an hour, and by that I mean an hour and 20 minutes. Let's take a quick break, come back, and talk about some more stuff that's going to be upcoming. What do you guys say? You guys always love when I do Yippee. this Yippee! <laughs> I do like to talk about stuff. I'm glad one of you is into this. <laughs> I'm trying to find my derby car for you. Yeah, he's trying to find his schmerby car. His Furby car. I'm going to tell you what. Can you turn my, my audio up a bit? Is it? No. No. Of course I, I can, not There we go. Anything for you, Jay. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll be right back. We're going we're gonna to do some quick ads. Brady's going to eat his wonton soup. I'm going to turn all our microphones down so you don't have to listen to these guys. Listen. You guys want to win a race. You guys want to win a real race. You don't need you don't need tungsten weights. You don't need anything. What you need is a Clobman pickle. That's right. Mama Clobman tells you every week to put a Clobman pickle in your face to win that race. What Wiggins might have, he might have tungsten weights. He might have a CNC machine. He might have a wind tunnel. He might even have a Japanese engineer at his work. But what he doesn't have, Clobman pickle. Pop and Pickle to guarantee him the win. That's right. Come out to the Derby. And all you patrons of the Salsa Slam, or all you winners, actually, of Salsa Slam, they got a Derby car. You go ahead and mail that car back to the address on the uh, envelope. Make sure it's uh, care of Jim Handybone. He's our mailman. And uh, send it back, and you guys enter those cars into the Derby. We're going to talk to Brady about that in a little bit. In the meantime, let's get into some more advertisements. I love advertisements. Hey there, this is patron Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions. I'm currently coming at you from Tokyo, and you're listening to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, probably because you ran out of all the other podcasts to listen to, and you really dig motorcycle haiku. Later. Hey, Creative Riding listeners, this is Moto G. Pete from the NoCo Moto Podcast, the best motorcycle podcast that you've never heard. Why haven't you heard of us? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think the Clobman Pickle Corporation have been paying iTunes to repress any other motorcycle pickle-related content. And, like, our theme song barely even mentions pickles, but whatever. Just give us a listen. champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. I saw the Clawman and I 
gold medal and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubbing, the only picker for motorcyclists. All right, everybody, we're back. We've been recording the whole time. We got your deepest, darkest secrets. Uh, thank you, and we needed that break. Brady was really into that uh, Kobe oh, beef. Uh, I've, I've got them all. I've got them turned down. I love how they're talking like you can hear them, but you can't. I can. They're yelling things in the studio, in the garageo, and it's annoying. All right, Brady, you've been working out, but you've also been eating loads of Kobe beef. Tell us about it. How? Tell us about your fitness. You're getting ready for the Arma races that are coming up. The yes. Corsa Moto Classica. When is that going to be happening? Corsa is the April 26th through 28th Arma races out at Willow Springs. Yeah. And if you're... If you haven't ever experienced the Corsa, and if you're into motorcycling, especially vintage motorcycling, you might want to check it out. And vintage, nowadays vintage is like 90s, right? I mean, there's some (laughs) really good stuff out there. When I was vintage, it was like riding on the back of a Stegosaurus. But uh, (laughs) you've got some really hot bikes out there. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that even my friends that race with Arma, uh, I, I see some of the stuff they bring out there. and It just blows me away. Patch, he's he's who I'm thinking of. His carbon fiber made in the garage, all that stuff he runs. His Ducati is beautiful. Oh, it's such that a that Honda bike. 500, that little five air that it wasn't two stroke, but it was that uh, air cooled 500 that he had for a while too. Trying to think of that bike. Is that the one that was always just breaking? All God, the time? it was just yeah. It was probably breaking all the time, but it was beautiful. He handmade every single thing from the frame to the fairings. The motor was the only thing he didn't make, and the rubber from the tires. He might have went down to Mexico and got some uh, rubber from the from old, rubber like, trees. Yeah, Mexican from the rubber, rubber trees. trees. Yeah, <laughs> like the Olmec. Uh, the Olmecs used to use to make rubber balls out of. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. You see one-off stuff. You see vintage stuff. You see stuff that uh, people put in museums and garages around the globe. You see very expensive bikes out there. Yeah, you can. Uh, there used to. There still is a dinosaur class that uh, you rarely see anybody anymore. But um, I think your Class C bikes are the oldest ones out there. Yeah, uh, called the dinosaur class because of the age of the riders, not the bike, right? Yes, that's true, <laughs> isn't it? I think it used to be the age of the bike. But, okay. Uh, there's yeah, a lot of old guys out there, too, though. Than that. Yeah. I guess there's some people that are racing old Vela sets and stuff. I guess they're probably 50s, yeah. 50s type stuff. But, uh, yeah, you'll see all that classy, and then you'll get into the GP stuff, and then the sportsman, and the vintage superbike. And then the next-gen superbike, and a bunch of modern classes. And there's sidecars. Yeah, sidecars. Yes. Listen, I'm, I've been following an account on Instagram that I'm going to tell you about. And it's who the f u c k mm-hmm. is Lady Fifteen. I don't yes. know why I'm keeping this clean. I just I feel like there's going to be a kid listening to this one for some reason. I have no idea why. F him. No. Yeah, or her. Or her. I think it's a her for some. I have this feeling. You know, remember those movies? Lady Fifteen. We got a. Yeah. yeah. No. No. She's. We know her very, very well. I don't know her, her first name off the top of my head, I think but it's yeah, no, Betsy. she's totally cool. Betsy or Betty? Betsy. Yeah. Betty. Betsy. I want to say it's Betsy, but it could be Betty. I think it's Betty. Yeah, and her uh, her co-driver is Red Fury on the head. But uh, all the sidecar people hang out together. They're a very very tight knit group. They are a clique. They don't hang out with anybody else. If you want to go hang out with sidecar people, you got to go down there. One of the people that drives sidecar is Bernard Jahuli. I hope I didn't mangle his last name. He is the lead mechanic and tech for um, Michael Rudder. 
The comedian? Alonzo Bowden? <laughs> no. Uh, Jay Leno. So he he runs the, the whole ship at Jay Leno's Wait, you garage. think Jay Leno's funny? <laughs> he was a comedian. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Jay Leno, you asshat. <laughs> and he, uh, you big-chinned so asshat. There's, it's, it's a really odd crew with all of them, and uh, they're they're just a uh, part of it. And Betty, Betty, I'm pretty sure it's Betty. Betty and her um, friend who raced, they're just so fucking into it, man. The Red Fury. They're way into it. Yeah, she. they they're are really my nice. heroes. They are you really know, cool. If they'll be at Willow and you can get their autograph, I would. I'm going to go. I'm going to actually ask her if she has a spare. If there's like one inch, you should of her... ask her to take you on a taxi ride, dude. <laughs> I would. To- I would. My. I would melt. Give, usually, if you give them a nice donation, that'll be that helps them a out. Donation, with like race what? Race gas. Are they going to be at the track day or just at the race, dude? There's going to be at the race. Oh, as far as I they know, live in Portland, Miss B. I'm going to call Seattle. her Miss B because that's Miss B. A Miss Badass, right? She used to be an MMA fighter or a cage fighter or some sort of fighter. From what really? I really, uh, from what I saw on her Instagram, I feed. don't know. We haven't hung out now. She's Caroline, and she, Carol, if Caroline were here, she'd be able to really drop some knowledge because yeah. she hangs out with the gals a lot. She goes over there and smokes cigarettes with them, and I'm like, why are you smoking cigarettes with everyone? <laughs> yeah, smoking's not healthy. And if you're a racer, I don't condone it. But your nerves have got to be wrecked if you're going 300 miles an hour around the fastest track in the West, which is Willow. Springs. Uh, speaking of which, you have a practice day coming up for that, don't you? If you, if you are racing Arma and you want to get a practice day in, you have one coming up pretty soon. Yeah, a little track day. Uh, it's April 7th, so it's next weekend. So we're super pumped. We're heading up to the ranch to go it's plan. It's two, two days. days. <laughs> I mean, it's two days, and I will have left. I'm going to leave two days in the past <laughs> from right now. I feel like we're so... I'm, I'm Doc Brown right now, and you're my Marty McFly. <laughs> <laughs> you just shot me Get, saw me get shot by a bunch of Iranians looking for, for plutonium when I back. sent you to Willow Springs. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. What the hell are we How doing was Willow here? Springs this weekend? <laughs> How was Classic Track Day? It, uh, ooh, yeah. You've already I'm been there. Up. Yeah, now you come back. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be in two days. So, and- yeah, we'll have a track day out there and it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And if you really get you, if you're hearing this, you get on your bike right now, you might make it there on Saturday for <laughs> the pre party. We're doing oh. Mini Bike Mayhem. Yeah, yeah. John Fulmer from um, Reckless Riders coming from Arizona, and he's bringing a very authentic mini bike game sort of crew with his buddies, and he's been planning all of this. And Wait, so, John Fulmer? That's his name. I think I just heard him on Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. They are legit, like, taco. They're bringing, like, tacos, like, all sorts of mini bikes. I don't know what he's doing or if that's the same one we're talking about here. I, it might not, but if who knows. But this guy, he um, has... He does mini bike games, but also includes big bikes and stuff. And so, who knows? Maybe he's part of Joe's mini bike reunion. Um, I believe he's out of Arizona somewhere. But we're going to do that. And then we're going to um, have a barbecue and brews as part of the Ramming Speed Banquet of Champions, (laughs) where we give away (laughs) trophies for the odd and the weird and the fun. And then uh, we will watch the sunset and we'll hold hands while the sun goes down. Drop some acid. And drop some acid before the track days. And then go race. Race your race your mind out. That is what I love about the classic track days is that it's not about speed. It's not about well. Okay, I take that back. 
It's a little uh, bit about speed. Eat. Not doing speed, but having fun at Maybe. speed. Yeah. <laughs> while you're doing speed. You get coked out on eight balls and go out there on the we're track. We're watching the danger. movie Speed while in No rock. kidding. I wish that was about motorcycles instead of a, a transit bus. Like, really, come on. Uh, but I love the fact that you guys aren't just you're not just going out there you're it's not, not just ego it's it's a less of an ego driven it's about it's about it's the about camaraderie but it's also about you know you can go to a track day and any of these other track days and not be dicks but you just find out at a lot of track days there's it's very ego driven and it's there's a lot of dicks so you won't you don't know what time you're going to go to this track day but maybe the next one you're going to not quite. feel so great to be there because you got to deal with asshole number three yeah. down the you know three garages over quite literally full of dicks mm-hmm. and what i like yeah. about classic track days is that there's some vaginas riding bikes. There's there a too. lot of vaginas yes. out there. My friend Carrie Cress will be there's... there. Last last uh, December 9th, we I interviewed two, three women. If you count Carrie's thirty six seconds on mic, she's never been on air before, and she never will again. Uh, she told me that was my exclusive thirty six <laughs> seconds. But I I talked to three ladies out there, and you don't really see that at a lot of track days, unless it's like Femwalla or something mm-hmm. where it's a female only track day. Oh yeah, I've got so, photos. I, I I have some people. I, I, once on the uh, the old Instagram account that I run for Classic Track Day, someone's like, let's see some chicks. And I'm like, have you even looked at my page, stupid? <laughs> Go to that post I just left with 10 girls, 10 separate different women on racing all these old bikes and modern bikes. Yeah. So it's really, really great. And it's um, we, we don't consider the newbies like odd or weird if you bring out spamela to ride we're like you know what you're part of the crew they people are asking about the, on the track before <laughs> i know but you got to get the leathers on and put your knee on the ground and send that thing into the hey, rocks. listen i've i've had my knee on the ground in jeans on spamela it was not a pleasant experience and no. i've gone to the rocks uh, we do require leathers and it's fun getting a lot of one of the things that's really hot right now is everyone's getting um harley davidson's out on the track and you never think of a Harley. I guess the XR twelve hundred, but uh, and there is a road race, definite road racing history for Harleys. But you don't think of it as your traditional sportster or more of that sort of style. Or and so a lot of these guys are bringing FXRs and Dynas out there, mm-hmm. and they're tuned to the hilt because they're sort of in the know. What they're doing is inspiring a ton of new riders. Yeah. That I've gotten so many phone calls from people. Can I bring my Sportster? I'm like, fuck yes. Of course. But yeah, then there's yeah. one guy who's like, well, you know, I sort of have these Kevlar and Forrest jeans. I'm like, no, you need leathers. Well, what about, I said, do you have boots? And he's like, well, I really like, I can ride better with my um, with my Vans <laughs> on. I'm like, I said, here's the deal, dude. I love I love Biltwell. You cannot wear a Biltwell helmet. Do you supply, like, any leathers to rent? Believe it or not, most track organizations do allow you to rent leathers and stuff like that. But Classic Track Day says, fuck that. <laughs> if you want to get on the track and you're not going to come out and spend your money with me unless you have a fucking set of leathers, talk to my friend Alex. From Alpine Stars, they come and bring all the leathers. And if they tell me ahead of time, I can tell Alex, hey, bring something specific for you. But they always bring a whole pile of other shit. So even if it's not perfect and you're walking up for the track day and you're like, this is cool, I should do this. Well, no excuse. There's a free leather. So we give and away And you can leather. get gauntlet gloves boots and leathers at cycle gear for 500 bucks those are the melt away ones though no they're definitely they're one crash wonders for sure <laughs> you're not gonna wear them but for most people those will leave you crippled and disfigured but at least you got a no, little track you know i haven't seen people necessarily get hurt worse in cheap leathers but they won't 
like when I was racing supermoto, I went down, I mean, almost every weekend for a practice, like you're, you're low siding and leathers and good leathers last for lots and lots of little crashes, mm-hmm. but the cheap leathers won't. I, I've yeah. seen them come apart with like two supermoto crashes, but for most people on a real track day, you're not going to go You're not down pushing it. You're, you're really, really pushing not going to go down. And so that's yeah. the other yeah. thing that's cool about. So yes, you can come and get leathers and, um, and boots and gloves. Thank you, Alpine Stars. You guys are great, and they've been helping for a long time. I want to say something, too, about the camaraderie between the racers and the supporters of Brady Walker's uh, Magical Ramming Speed Classic Track Days and basically Arma Vintage Racers in general. You don't want to go out there by yourself and race. You want a class to race with you. So I've been at a couple different courses over the years where people were like, hey, my boots just got trashed. 18 people are like, hey, what size you wear? We, last time we went, Wiggins' buddy was like, hey, uh, I might have a pair of leathers that fits you, junkie. And my friend Carrie was like, hey, I have this friend Adriana who's about your size. <laughs> and uh, she, she just got new leathers. Her old ones are not damaged. You know, you might fit them. And so whatever people are so willing to help, you know, I would have looked That's like awesome. I had, I would have stuffed some Kleenex in the front to fill out the front because they're women's <laughs> leathers for sure. But I would have had no shame in riding, you know, people you should have seen the set so of leathers that I got for my first, when I got my racing license, I was scrambling because I didn't think it was going to happen. I got Swanee on the phone and he's like, motherfucker, you're going to race in, yeah. in the week and you got to take the course and all this shit. Um, Luke Connor brought his uh, little CB350, they called the whore bike because they just let everybody ride it and everyone <laughs> get their license on it and the whole nine yards. Uh, a week before the show, I found some guy out in uh, Antelope Valley, sold me his set of wonky-ass leathers for 50 bucks, and they were nice Z leathers that were custom-made for him. But for me, I looked like I was the Hulk breaking out of them, you know? You are They were so ugly gray and weird. I was all just like, I look like a space fucking moon man. It was hilarious. I did not look cool at all. I looked like I was just like, and I was like, and I was back with a VVMC then, and I remember the year before I said, we went out there and we would take mushrooms and party and make Corsa. We'd go out and have a blast. We would just camp out overnight, yeah. have bonfires, get stupid on our little mini bikes out in the field. Anyway, I said, I'm going to go do this next year. And everyone's like, yeah, me too. Me too. I'm like, well, next year's here. I'm the only one doing it. Um, and I said, here we go. We're going to go do it in this fucking traditional Brady whack-ass style. And do you want, it doesn't fucking matter because once you're out there on the track and you're actually pushing the bike and having fun and you can ease into it with us, you don't. there's not really a lot of ego involved um but there are some people that are super fucking fast and really really good for instance woolly um michael woolaway from deus is bringing his moto 2 bike i think it's a um what's the bike that um he is suitor right suitor is that suitor is yep it's a motorcycle right it's a two-stroke it's a 500 it's a two-stroke 500 yeah and he's bringing that to the track day that's not a moto 2 bike is it i thought it was something i thought it was just like a Repop of what used well, to be a MotoGP bike. Maybe it is a MotoGP bike. Who knows? I don't know enough about it because I don't. I'm not a geek like that. But he's bringing. <laughs> that's pretty, a really super awesome rad, bike, though. and it's yeah, it's super insane. I've got people bringing old Nortons. I have people bringing um, lots of. I'm bringing some. Some guys said, "Can I bring my FC FC uh, FC 1200?" And like a lot of really oddball bikes. One guy's bringing a um, BMW. 1200 adventure bike to ride around right. and I'm like this is great so you know that's the cool thing about classic track day it's like inclusive and everyone's coming there's a handful of modern bikes that are out there but um, we just have a ton of fun and for people that want to come out and learn more about their bike there's a, a Brian and a few guys put on a, a little free uh, training session for you uh, get you on the track um, without you know feeling totally weird but 
They're the new group is very. You'll see a lot of them are very, 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 very slow. It's fun to watch them and, and figure it out until they get to the straightaway for the first time, and all the guys on super fast bikes. Just, it's just like a whole swarm of guys, and then they get to turn one, and they're going like twenty miles. How an hour. often are you trying to do these? For the last couple of years, we've done six a year. So we'll okay. do um, this one on April 7th. We're going to do one on June 8th at Big Willow. And then um, in August, I think it's 24th, 25th, we're doing the Carnival of Speed where we do Big Willow on Saturday and Streets of Willow on Sunday. And then I believe the next one after that is the weekend before... Halloween, so we call that the Spooktracular, and for for both the Carnival of Speed and Spooktracular, we have lots of fun surprises and themed weirdness going on, yeah. just to add to it. All the old guys with like fast bikes that come for the track that they, they don't understand. They're like, uh, "When do we get to go on the track? Why are you riding on the track in costumes, assholes? Come back here. Let's just go fast and be cool." Um, but for for most, everyone gets it, and they all having a good time. That's awesome. I can't make it out this this time, but I'm definitely gonna try to get out. Anytime there. you want to yeah. come. Yeah, you yeah. have a blast. So and you bring that big yellow bike. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to dress up as a banana. Yeah. That would be Hell great. Yeah. People wouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, that be I think that's like a, yeah, that's a Russian website, Bananas on Bananas. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? And I have to say, years ago at the Corsa, my buddies and I, we, you know, we camped out. We, we, we stayed there. We rode out on the track at night after, <laughs> you know, it was party times. Oh, and yeah. Brady Walker's track days are a little bit more responsible than that because there's so much awesomeness <laughs> happening in the pits. People don't want to go out on the track. But the thing is, is that it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's just like it's being with family and friends. It's it's all, everything wrapped up in one, and one experience. For a lot of people that are that so go cool. out the desert very often too, it's kind of the, the nature factor is really there. We, we try to take advantage of the whole track. I'm really... Um, feel blessed that I've made friends with them and they they let us do whatever the hell we want unbelievably um, from the flat track to the different road racing courses and just being like hey can we just go drive up the mountain over there he's like yep no problem um it's just it is just a fun getting out there and at night though it's a big sky and the mountains and yeah sunsets and it's the desert so it's it's sort of a brutal place but we have a lot of fun with it so um it's great for spectators I think it's good, I, especially if it's your first track day. It's more inviting than most. And if it's not your first track day, it's still a more relaxed, more fun environment. And you can still go fast. Yeah. We don't have timings. We don't have uh, – we, we, I only allow a few modern bikes come in just because I vet them all and everything. But, you know, there's still fucking guys on, you know, vintage sewer bikes that are going extremely yeah. fast. So and, um, and, 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 and people that know each other are – you know they're they're <laughs> having rubbing and having a lot of fun. So 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 since I'm a noob, I've never been to the track. You mentioned that there's like a training. Somebody does a free training. Yeah, so, Is that before um, Brian Hertzfeld? No, that's before anyone gets on track. He takes everyone to the classroom, sort of gets gets Q and A, figure out where everyone's at. Sort of shows you the lines. And so for the first time, the group C goes out. Even if you're not brand new, you're just in the slow group because hey, I'm I'm just trying to have a fun day here. Uh, they do a lead and follow on a very slow lap around the whole track, come in, show everyone. The biggest thing for the, the class is the safety procedures. They're not going to go out there like California Superbike School and show you how to drag a knee. They're going to be like, listen, if you're at this point and you're still standing up, you know, you're going off the track. So what you need to do is lean, you know, around this area and you can turn. But also 
how to get off the track. What happens if your tire pops, you know, or your wheel flies off? You know, get a hand up. Let someone know that something's happening. Show you how to get off the track, how to get on the track in a safe manner. And then the second round is usually going up and saying, hey, does anyone have any questions? What do you feel? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Is anyone getting it? And usually by Brian Brian gets sometimes frustrated because he wants to put on a real school pro- kind of program. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, usually by the fourth time, everyone's gone. They're not, they're not coming back because they're having too much fun. So is that so, the day of or the day before? It's the day of okay. and it's throughout the program and it's uh, mostly um, and it's 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 mostly engaged by the rider. Like Brian's not sitting there and you know twiddling his thumbs that people don't want to be there and they just want to go out and have fun. And because we're not these crazy ass maniacs that allow a lot of bullshit to happen and you know dangerous stuff um, everyone can go out in a very safe manner. A lot of people think that going out in a track means it's very seriously fucked up and crazy, and it's just like, I can't go on the track. I'm like, you can ride spam a lot on the track. You can ride a 90cc bike on the track. You're not going to be leaning over, and you've got this sea of pavement to work with, and you know, and we do it with our mini bikes. But for someone who's never been on a a big wide street like that. It's like driving down Huntington Boulevard or think of something huge <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or Wilshire and having the whole thing with no lanes and no cars all to yourself. Just think how amazing that is. So what it is is, yeah, you're going to start learning how to go faster, but it's at your own pace. And if you're in the slow group, you've got all day and everyone's really nice because I, I that's what one of the things I stress is like, unless you guys know each other, you can't go out there and start freaking people out. We're going to yell at you and don't be knuckleheads. But for most everybody in that beginner group, they're very timid and very cautious and so they're like here you want to go by or you know whatever <laughs> but a lot of the guys that are on the um super fast bikes like people that are new to the track they'll they'll progress pretty quickly if they know what they're doing on the street and so if they've got a, a, a very high horsepower bike even a, a, a triumph you know these triumph air-cooled twins and ducati scramblers mm-hmm. that shit is fast Mm, and yeah. so once you get the hang of it, it's mostly like the learning curve is, you know, when to start braking and turning. But once you get on the straightaway, all of them get kind of excited. Yeah. They well, love that's why I'm it. excited to take the SV there because, I mean, that's like... That's a, a very known, fast bike, too. Yeah, it's known as a race bike, so... I, yeah, they're amazing track bikes. Yeah, I know. That's what... But I've always been anxious just because I've never done it before. But, I mean, everything oh, that you're describing sounds amazing. nothing to worry about. Yeah. It is just... It's just so much fun. And you grin. And everyone in the pits is really, really nice. It is not just take away from other track days. I'm sure other people have that same kind of experience, but I just find that we've sort of mitigated that right from the very beginning with what we were trying to accomplish. And so now, you know, maybe other track days say that we're the big pussy track day. Well, that's <laughs> fine with me because uh, it's uh, we, we're, everyone's smiling and have a good time. And then I try to add some camaraderie by, you know, throwing out some fucking barbecue and, uh, and some free beers for everybody and joke around afterwards and what have you. And uh, try and make an event out of it rather than not. One of the cool things that we're doing this time, we're going to test it a little bit at this track day and we're going to try and even use it in a little bit more of a professional manner um, at the Corsa is my buddy um, Lance from Open Build. He has an app called Soundfly, so it's like a little broadcasting app. Mm. So we'll probably use that up in the booth and so people that can't hear on the um, PA, like the group announcements and things like, hey, get on this app and, mm. and you know, we'll be talking and you'll be able to hear it on your iPhone, on your little Bluetooth speaker, whatever the hell you want. But I think we're going to try and do a little bit more chatter, maybe a little bit of um, interviews. Maybe we could even have a guest interviewee over here um, <laughs> going around and um, helping us with the uh, on the app 
and uh, doing interviews. Because the cool thing about this track day is um, because we're so close to Los Angeles and cool people sometimes gravitate towards cool things like this, we have celebrities. We have people that you read about in the magazines and see on television, um, read, see at all your favorite uh, custom bike builder show from um, Jay LaRosa to... Uh, Chris Wiggins comes to our events. Um, he'll, he'll do a flat track one day and then do road race the next day when we used to do doubleheader weekends. Um, but it's, it's just kind of neat because you get to meet these people and they're just like fucking just having a ball. So, yeah, it's an amazing thing. It's an, and, and the camaraderie, like he was saying earlier, is. Yeah, it's, it's just a, amazing. It's a good one of those events for sure. Um, I checked out the suitors, by the way, the suitor uh, MM2. Which is the uh, the Moto Two six hundred cc four strokes, the Suter MMX five hundred is the two stroke. Yeah, uh, made m- made for like a special cop or something like that. So yeah, they they do make those. Uh, I'm excited to see which one he has out there. Expensive, I think. I think like they are probably extremely. It, when it, when there's no price on the is website, you know, Dea sounds it. I think it's, a, it's, I don't know. That's a high pay for a motorcycle builder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. But he's got some extraordinary stuff. He does that Pikes, Pikes Peak. Um, yeah, and I don't man. know if he's racing this for the Pikes Peak or not, if that's why he got it. But he uh, built that other Ducati last year. Yeah. yeah. I believe it was a Ducati. With, yeah, it started as a Hyper Motard, I think he said. Yeah. For Pikes Peak, they have to have one-piece bars now. Yep. And they have to come with one-piece bars from the factory. Yep. So you can't take an S1000R and put bars on it. Yeah, they got to, the clip-ons. Bikes were faster than the hill. You know, they were having more accidents than... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. With all this technology, bikes are getting when, so fast, and the yeah. landscape never changes. So they become faster than the coefficient of friction. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, speaking to this, uh, we're coming up here on an hour and 45 minutes. we got 15 minutes left. Wigs... Do you have any um, Ask Wigs this week that we could talk about? I don't, I don't think I had any Ask Wigs. Okay. We did have some people writing in to the show this last week about, you know, talking to Jay, talking about her crashes. And if you're going if you're, if you're to crash, if you're going to throw your phone <laughs> or, or pitch your computer out the window or throw your motorcycle down on the ground, do it at some place like a classic track day uh-huh. where there's a pickup truck, uh, <laughs> an ambulance. And Stanley comes with a pickup truck and picks everybody up. It's like a little family. Everyone has a pretty goddamn good time, but it's it's you got to come out and check it out. It's it's I don't know. It's some sometimes I t- you might have heard me talk about like how hard it is when um, you're trying to get something going and you want to make a couple bucks off of it or something as a business or you're trying it out. This thing we just let it go organic and it's been four years and we sort of just have eaten around. So we try to. Do like the last couple of years was six of them because I don't want, I want people to yearn for it like what's yeah, the next one yeah. and so give them a couple months in between and plus it's hard to get everyone out and get the really the grid stack big yeah but it just has grown organically and the cool people have just found it because I really haven't done much more promoting just being like yeah that's cool. You're all, hey, creative writing will take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell them about We're it. We're going to get tens, six, six people. Well, that's how you know it's good because if it grows organically in word of mouth, I mean, if something yeah. spreads by word of mouth, that means it's solid, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you just can't get, beat the people. The people like are a, really nice. Right. And I do want to say, though, right now is the best time to get out and ride. There's so much stuff coming up. Brady has many events coming up. The, the Classic Track Day, uh, followed immediately by the Corsa, which is like two weeks after the Classic yep. Track Day. After that, patrons... The Californian. I mentioned it earlier. If you were a prize winner, please send your... Um, 
your hate mail and your derby card back to the email that, or back to the address on the envelope. And we're going to, I'm going to enter it. I will pay for you to be part of this derby thing. Cause I want to see what you guys send back. I want to, I want to see Brady's event grow. I plan on entering. At I least, think it'll be fun. I yeah, don't know what to expect yeah. at all. I, it's going to uh, be awesome. It, it, I just can't see it not being awesome. Wiggins is going to be sad because he's going to win, but it's because he's going to be racing against <laughs> uh, no, a bunch we'll of turds. We'll just burn his car. And like Ghostbuster car. Ever, yeah. We're not going to televise this thing. We'll be like, I mean, Wiggins, your car the winner is, on the starting line. <laughs> the winner is Solstice Slams a drag racer, so I'm sure... You know, hopefully he sends us back. Some, yeah, hopefully he sends us back. I'm sending off a couple to Japan. Yeah, I know. I was surprised uh, when you said you shipped them to Japan. Uh, if you want to check them out, Brady, work. I mean, if they want to buy them directly from you, yes, yeah, so you got to hurry up. It's only four weeks, and I tell you what, you do get fucking lazy with this thing. You got to yeah. sit down, get an eight ball of coke, and, and, and um, no same, beer. Keep hey, that it's away. A, it's the same way this show is put out. You just, smoke some grass. Just, and just really get that fucker done. Night. Because yeah. I, I did, I did work on mine. I want to say thank you. Thank you guys for coming out to the uh, the little session I had at Lucky Wheels. We did that session we might have talked about last time I was here, um, a creative session. And I said, if there's one person that Caroline's like, what's going to happen? I said, well, if one person actually comes because they're interested in buying a car and actually doing the derby, I think I will have done something here. And that's exactly what happened. Besides you guys coming out and supporting, which I thank you so much for humoring me. We had one guy come out and buy a car, and he's yeah. like, "We're gonna do it." I'm like, <laughs> "Fucking hey, this is great." Yeah, that's cool. But uh, the thing is, is it's you got to get on it because it's it. I've, I've sh- I spent up. that two hours working on my car, and I put it on the shelf. So I've got my Dremel tool in the mail today. I got the cordless one. Thank you, <laughs> nice. Sean, for telling me the cordless one. I do it and I zen out. And Dude, I have you can go to Starbucks it. as long as it's got Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi Dremel will work, and you can do it. Just uh, in the middle of Starbucks, just yeah. standing on it. Dude, I produce hey, so much sand. L- listen, mine. in Oregon, that would be perfect. He's like an urban lumberjack. They're like, right. yeah, man, respect, respect. Oh, you wore a flannel. Can I get a couple of those uh, flakes for my coffee there? Give <laughs> me some protein. Yeah, a little. Uh, it's a tree and you sprinkle like you know the latte You're design like, and you sprinkle don't, sand yeah don't throw that out that's a good grow a tree <laughs> like hey yeah yeah so that's gonna be coming up may 4th please please pretty please send your cars back yes. to me by then we'll feature you on instagram yeah we were just talking about how terrible social media is let's make it great again let's make instagram great by putting your cars on it yeah yeah i, I too have a couple races coming up yeah wiggins has some races yeah, coming up wiggins. tell us about them brother we just did the veggie plate classic last week yes um at paris flat track and then coming up in a week from tomorrow on april 13th we'll be at kern county raceway we're doing that in conjunction with the people that do hooligan dirt dash uh there's a big car show going on with dukes of hazard from what i understand the cast and the general lee will be there i wish i wasn't and going then... to MotoGP now i want to see the cast of, <laughs> of general right. lee the and surviving then... cast of uh, yeah the... right surviving cast I might be able to get daisy dukes finally and then may 17th at the lodi the world famous lodi, lodi cycle bowl the night before the mile so we're gonna have fans choice and everything so uh you guys can check it out one? from there May 17th, I believe. Oh, man. Maybe we should take a little trip up to Lodi. Well, the, the cool thing is, Lodi? right, it's the night the before the mile. mile. I know, so I you stick, the mile. oh, the Sacramento Mile is amazing. 
If yeah, you're you, there, it'll be amazing no matter yeah. where we are. You stick around and you check out the mile uh, on Saturday. And if you are racing and you're brave. That's a Friday. Uh, yeah, it's a Friday night. And then on Sunday, if you're brave, you can ride on the mile, do the amateur mile. <laughs> which is Can I do it on scary. Can I do it on a... On a um, on a road race bike, Dude, there is a guy out on an R1. He puts like rain tires, yeah. and he's got moto. Someone's bars. bringing a flat tracker to the track day. He's like, I've got flat track bike tires on. Nice. I'm like, fine. I, I wondered how trusty would do. I was like, huh, she you know, did all right on the run to the roses. Flat trackers were a class at Pikes Peak, uh, like an exhibition. Well, especially, class. well, when it was all dirt, they probably did really good. No, I mean like recently. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, they course, also only yeah. paved it four or five years ago. 2014. How long was that? Five, five years ago. ago? Yeah. To the top. And before that... Yeah, like, it was like halfway. Uh, also coming up on the 4th, I wanted to mention this big shout out. If, hey, if every, first of all, before I mention this, if everything goes right this week, Wiggins, Jay, and I will have just got back last night. We had a long night. We're tired tonight. Uh, we went to a, a exhibition at the Peterson. If we didn't end up going, then man, I'm just lying right now. I got myself on the list already. Yeah. But we are the, uh, yeah, we got passes. Electric Did I tell you guys? Oh, on? you didn't? Uh-uh. No, you already got in, though? Well, I, it doesn't matter. I was playing all sides just in case. Sweet. Well, Wiggins, <laughs> what about, uh, Wiggins colluding with Russia to get in. But, yeah, we just got back from the electric motorcycle uh, exhibition. exhibition that's going to be happening. The exhibition opener was last night. It was fabulous. We'll talk about it on next week's show. And, uh, yes, what I wanted to get uh, to was after this, you know, the quail will be happening uh, the same day as the California. I don't even know what that is. Is that the quail hunt? Yeah, it's the quail hunt. I'll be down here at the Californian, but our co- our cohort, Liza, <gasps> will actually be receiving a award along with Malcolm Stewart up at... I'm sorry, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Stewart, he won't be receiving. <laughs> he's still racing. He, he's not old enough to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. Malcolm Smith will be receiving, receiving an AMA Lifetime Achievement Award. And Liza, she's, she's getting something for her uniting women across the world to ride motorcycles. But that's going to be at the Quail, an event which is held on the golf course of the Quail Lodge. And it's going to have more than 300 priceless bikes and farm-to-table food this year. Guess what? It is 50 years of the hon- the CB750 this year is what they're honoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the 100th anniversary of the Bruff Superior and the uh, the off-road wonders through the 90s. What are they calling off-road? Like, I don't know. Baja style or like McGrath? You're going to have to go. And it just says 90s, so it doesn't say if it's 1890s or 1990s. <laughs> so if you're going to be available, head up to the quail. It's going to be beautiful up there. It and the Southern California quail, also known as the Californian, is going to be happening at Santa Anita Racetrack. Brady has hammered it down. He said, no more of this BS, Santa Anita. You tell me right now, my event is going to solidify. do it. Yes, they said, yeah. um, I told them, I said, if, if for some reason they fuck up, we're going to be, uh, I'm calling Wiggins in via air, helicopter lift and he's going to be riding the track. He's going to be flat tracking with the horses at the race, same time of the race. And I'll you don't say want, it's too bad. I'll you don't want hooligans like to flat track. Yeah. So it's going to be hooligan horse racing and uh, motorcycle sidecarring and a whole bunch of california Check it out uh, May 4th at the Santa Anita Racetrack and we're just about out of time. Next week it's going to be Junkie Wigs and a Cyborg here at uh, Creative Writing. Brady, what about you? I know you have something extra meaningful and heartfelt to say to the people. Just everyone, get get more sleep. Get more sleep. <laughs>